Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. Ho, ho, ho. Howdy doody, folks. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal, Ryan, and this is your Friday episode, a Real Housewives of Beverly Hills recap. But not only that, folks. First off, how are you? Are you good? Holidays going good so far? We're very close now. I hope everybody is snuggled up with their family. Not, I mean, it would be cool if you listen to this together as a family, but you don't have to as, as long as you're comfy cozy. Uh, so this is not only a Beverly Hills recap, but I got a little bit of a surprise for you. We are starting off this episode with a special guest. Now, last week's Beverly Hills, we're going to get right into it because we got a, this is going to be a long one. Uh, last week's Beverly Hills, we had esophagate. We had the battle of esophaguses, esophagi of Sutton's dainty. I got a dainty esophagus. I'll say, I'll say. Uh, with a stricture in it, and uh, the a- Anna Marie Wiley, the new cast member who doesn't seem to be on the show that much, which is weird because even Mary Cosby seems to be on Salt Lake more than Anna Marie seems to be on Beverly Hills. Besides the point, regardless, there was a fight over esophaguses, and I was very confused about esophaguses, and I wanted to know more, and I thought, you know. Doctors uh, are a good place to start. Anesthesiologists are a great place to to get information from. So I reached out to one of the only ones I know. And uh, you might remember her. You might know her. You might still follow her to this day. Watch her TikToks, which are amazing. But yeah, I'm talking about Dr. Tiffany Moon. Dr. Tiffany Moon from Real Housewives of Dallas. But of course, she has so many other things that she's doing. She actually, she she she's actually an anesthesiologist. She's a real real doctor. So I went directly to her to find out, to uncover the mystery of the esophagus. And we're going to start there today. We're going to get right into it. And then after that, 
we will start the recap because, you know, it's good to check up on Dr. Tiffany Moon. So much good information. I get a little bit about Dallas, if she's coming back to reality television, her candle line, her wines, the whole thing. But I wanted to throw this in because I thought it would be a great way to start the show just so we're all on the same page about Sutton's dainty esophagus. So without further ado, the one, the only, Dr. Tiffany Moon. Happy holidays, folks. Well, we've got a great holiday gift for you. A little bit of a surprise guest. I have talked to her in the past, but it has been a hot minute. And I I saw an episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that I kind of needed a little clarification on. And of course, I went to her insanely popular TikTok and she was able to clarify that for me. And maybe she can help clarify that for you. Plus, we need to talk about everything that's been going on since her triumphant one season on Real Housewives of Dallas because we need her back on our screen. She's also the CEO of the most amazing candle line, Aromastesia, and then also... She has a wine company, as you remember, Three Moons Wine. And I have to tell you, two holidays ago, my mom was in town and uh, my mom went to this event with me and talked Dr. Tiffany Moon's ear off. She acted like she was a housewife to Dr. Tiffany Moon. But I just let the cat out of the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only Dr. Tiffany Moon. Welcome back. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. How the heck are you doing? You, uh, I got to say, I really do. I, I see your TikToks and I miss you on our screens because it looks <laughs> like you still have an insanely fabulous, but really hard life in terms of the work that you do. Yeah, the work that I do is hard, but it's also extremely rewarding and gratifying. So I love what I do. I always tell people I don't need to work. So if you see me working, it's because I want to be working. <laughs> No, and it's amazing. I mean, because we even watched you on that season of Dallas where you were working during a pandemic and just the lengths that you had to go through to make sure that you and your family were safe on top of any patient that you dealt with. And I was just watching one of your TikToks about women in medicine and how important that is because women in medicine are still so underrepresented. Is that correct? Yes. Well, 50% of medical students are now women. But as you get more senior in the academic or private practice world, there is a high attrition rate of women. In fact, I read recently that 40% of women go part-time or leave medicine altogether within six years of completing residency. And I was like, but why? Like, why would you go to all that school, bust your ass, you know, finish residency and then quit or go part-time and like, what is wrong with the system? Cause it's not the people, the people are fine. They're good people. Most of them. Yeah. The, the system is broken because the system does not value the contributions that women make. That's why we're underpaid, you know, compared to our male counterparts and um, we're not promoted as much. We don't get as much leadership positions. I mean, I can go on and on and this isn't yeah. me like, you know, playing a small violin. There is research that has shown these things to be true. So I am just getting it out there because I want people to see it and recognize it. And then maybe we can start to brainstorm. What are we going to do about it? I mean, that's one of the best ways to use the huge platform that you have. And I want to remind people you were big on TikTok before Real Housewives of Dallas. Like that was the one of the things we got introduced to you as a character through these videos that you made. And it is it is great that you are still out there doing it and just like still providing information. It's really funny, but then sometimes you will provide such great information or make a topic that we might not have awareness on and you bring that to the forefront, which I always think is so important using your voice. 
Yeah, my TikTok's a little bit, as my friend says, schizophrenic. She's like, you do fashion and beauty and skincare. Then you do like mom humor. Then all of a sudden you're like empowering women physicians and, you know, unboxing Birkins. And she was like, what is this? And I'm like, well, that's me. Like what you just described is me as a person. So that's my TikTok. It's very scattered. You know, a lot of people's TikToks is like very streamlined. They only talk about one thing and stay in their lane, but mine's like all over the place. I mean, you contain multitudes. You you have you contain multitudes. Now, the the reason why I initially asked you here is because of your TikTok video you did after watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills uh, a couple weeks ago. Now, you were tagged in this clip a lot about Anne Marie Wiley, Anna Marie Wiley, the new cast member, uh, which I have not really taken to yet, but she was using Sutton's small dainty esophagus against her in a conversation and i still was trying to i was having a hard time understanding large esophaguses small esophaguses strictures can you walk us through that what actually is a small esophagus what is a stricture how do you deal with these things Okay. Yes. I want to thank the people who tagged me and brought it to my attention because I am not caught up on this season's Real House of uh, Beverly Hills because I just have a lot going on and it kept showing up in my social media and I watched the clip, but then I didn't feel that I could speak about it until I saw the whole episode because you can't just watch a clip out of context. So I watched the whole clip and I was like, oh no, it wasn't out of context. Like it, she was this bad. So the esophagus is a tube that connects your mouth to your stomach and it can have scar tissue, which is called a stricture that can be high up in the esophagus or more commonly lower down in the esophagus, right where the esophagus meets the stomach. When people have that scar tissue called a stricture and they swallow certain kinds of food, especially like meat or bread, things that are not liquid or more easily passable, they get this feeling that the food is like stuck in there. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but everyone's had it before. Um, it's called dysphagia, um, problem swallowing. And it's actually a common problem, which is why I was kind of surprised that Anna Marie, oh. who is a medical professional, like <laughs> did not know anything. About, like, this is not some rare esoteric problem. Like, oh my gosh, Dr. Moon, I had super common. I, after I talked about it on my show last week, I had so many people reach out to say, I have this problem or my friend or my husband has this problem. And I wasn't aware how much of an issue this actually is, that it's fairly commonplace. Yeah, it's very common. I mean, not very common, but fairly common yeah. because the main causes of it are like GERD, which is very common, peptic ulcer disease, which is very common, and then less commonly eosinophilic esophagitis or cancer, which I'm glad to yeah, those are less common <laughs> causes. Um, but basically, she was just speaking incorrectly. Um, not only was she wrong, but she was like weaponizing her profession as a healthcare yeah. worker to sort of tell Sutton how she should and should not be feeling and she should just chew her food more. When she said that, I was appalled. I was like, the, the way you treat an esophageal stricture is one, not to gaslight your patient, but two, <laughs> not to tell them to chew their food more. Like that is so condescending. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when the esophagus has a stricture, it doesn't matter how much you chew your food unless it's like liquid or smoothie and for sure it's going to pass the stricture. You're going to get that feeling of dysphagia and discomfort. And I just, when she said that, I was like, oh, now I got to say something. Now I was hoping that the clip was taken out of context and then yeah. when I watched the whole episode that 
you know what I mean? That there had been some editing or something. And I was like, no, you know, let me give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to watch the whole episode I did on a Saturday. I don't know. It had come out on like Wednesday (laughs) or Thursday. And I hadn't seen the two previous episodes. So I was like, who is this chick? Like, where did she come out of? Okay. So then I watched it and I was like, oh, like, no, it was just as bad as people said it was. So then I was like, okay, well now I'm going to make a TikTok. No, I mean, and you explained it brilliantly, like you just explained it, but it also that point that stays with me is that you're not supposed to weaponize this profession, especially there is a certain code of conduct with medical professionals that you guys hold very dear. So you can't go out there and try to make your bones as a housewife by gaslighting another woman about a medical condition. Right. And like, who are you to be giving unsolicited medical advice to the host of a party? Like, no, you know, I don't go to cocktail parties and like give people unsolicited medical advice. Sometimes people (laughs) will ask me my opinion on something and I will say, you know, that's not a familiar topic of mine, but this, this, and this, but she's like, nobody asked for her opinion. And it was Sutton party to celebrate her store. And I just found that to be an extra incredibly rude step on top of that, like attacking the host at their own party. But you know this, you know, better than most being an actual housewife is this is how certain new cast members will try to come in, throw everything against the wall to try to make a name for themselves. And in this case, it was just the wrong time, wrong place, wrong profession and actual wrong knowledge to impart on somebody in front of cameras. Correct. Yeah. And a lot of people were upset with me. They were like wasn't your show canceled? Like, why are you talking? And I was like, first of all, first of all, like 20 people either sent me a DM or tagged me in the clip that Bravo posted and be like, hello. And then even after I posted, some of the comments were like, thank God you cleared this up for me. Or I actually came to your page looking to see if you spoke on this. So one, I was asked for my opinion. And two, I just like, it just baffles me the level of things that housewives do to like, make a point. Now I came in my season and made plenty of mistakes. So I'm not saying that, you know, mistakes are inexcusable, but this one I felt compelled to speak up on because I felt that she was representing healthcare workers not well. And people were like, oh, this is like a nurse versus doctor thing. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I love the nurses and CRNAs that I work with. Some of them are very, very good. So do not make this about nurses versus doctors. I just think she in this particular situation was talking out of her ass, but I don't even know her. Maybe she's great. Otherwise I've seen like four minutes of her on TV. So I'm just saying in this particular instance, she was not saying the appropriate thing. Well, that's kind of four minutes is kind of the amount of screen time it seems like she's had this season, but that's neither here nor there. Now, you said you watched this this past Saturday and you don't usually get to watch Housewives shows anymore because of your busy schedule. Did you have a little PTSD in watching a Housewives show after your experience on Real Housewives of Dallas? A little bit, maybe like in 2022 I did, but now it's so far away from me that I'm over it. And the two franchises that I actually try to keep up with, because there's just so many that I can't possibly keep up with, are the two that I have actual friends on the show. So Miami because of Dr. Nicole and then Beverly Hills because of Crystal. Like they are my actual friends. I have their cell phone numbers. We can text regularly. And so because I know them, it's interesting for me to watch their shows, whereas most of the other shows 
shows. I only know people like through social media, but we don't hang out and call each other. So I, those are the two franchises that I try to keep up with, but I've been doing a very bad job, um, this year because I have so many other things going on. Yeah, no, I don't think anybody's going to hold that against you, Dr. Moon, (laughs) but I like, I I, would, do you have a text thread with Dr. Nicole where you're like, she's saying a stricture is this like, (laughs) we're all in disbelief. I'm like, I asked her once, I was like, is she really this dumb? And she's like, yes, she is. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so uh, I want to get to Real Housewives of Dallas before I want to move on to your products. Um, that actually, I do want to say, I have these candles. I have the wine. I've drank the candles and eaten the... No, I, I, I've, I've <laughs> used the candles and drank the wine, and they're both amazing. Um, but uh, I do want to say about Real Housewives of Dallas, one of the coolest things about you posting that and it getting around housewife circles again was the majority, overwhelming majority of those comments were, we need her back on our screens. Now, we've heard rumors about a reboot of Real Housewives of Dallas. I've always heard rumors of that with you at the forefront of that reboot. Is there any information that you could give us, any rumblings that you're a part of potentially? And I know you have to keep it close to the vest, (laughs) but is there a possibility that we could get a reboot with you in the future? I mean, I always say never say never, but I can tell you right now that I don't know of any kind of reboot happening. Um, we were kind of talking about another series, not Real Housewives, that was in the works, but it kind of just didn't work out. So I don't know. I mean, I'm flattered that many of the people think that I should be back on their TV screens. I also know that a few people are like, please no, never again. I respect oh. their opinions as well. I think that's fine. But I don't know. It was just such, it was one of those like weird, um, I'm going to try it and see how it is things with housewives. Um, and I tried it and I did it and I had a good experience sometimes and a bad experience sometimes as you saw. Um, but like if I'm never on TV again, that's fine. It was not my intention to go on there and become this like breakout reality star. I just wanted to try it. I know, but I said at the time, and I still hold true to this, is that you were so good on this. You you are a reliable narrator. I always call the character that we can trust. But at the same time, you don't back down from uh, a fight. And, you know, we, we can always trust you. You don't back down from a fight and you're funny. And I think those are really three things that we need in reality stars to fill out a cast. So, uh, you know, that's what I, I'm, I'm I said at the time a couple of years ago that I was like, you will definitely be back on our screens in some form, but I know you are insanely busy. I just want to see it happen sooner rather than later. And I think, man, we hear all these rumblings about Real Housewives of Dallas. You would be the one of the only people that I would want back on there. Build the cast around you. I don't know. I mean, like, never say never. They brought Miami back after how many years? Like eight or something? Yeah, it was a long time. So maybe like we've been off air now, 2021, like two years. Maybe in six years they'll reboot Dallas and I might consider it at that time. We were also talking about a possible married to medicine. Um, Yes. Another, yeah. Um, there was another franchise that I can't really say that's on Netflix. Um, So, you know, it could work out. But I always think that like – Things that are meant to be work out. And if it doesn't work out, like don't push it so hard. It's not meant to be or it's not the right time or something. But, you know, I think the universe has a way of bringing opportunities to you when you are ready to receive them. I agree. But for the sake of this interview, can we lead with, uh, yes, I am coming back to Bravo. Page six. That's the quote. Tiffany is coming back to Bravo. I would like to submit my application to be chief 
Bravo medical correspondent. So that oh anytime anyone on any of these shows says medical things, yes, um, that it comes to me, I filter it, and then I respond in a easy to understand, digestible fashion for the general public. That's Andy, really- Andy, would you like my CV? How do I submit my CV? <laughs> That's really genius. Imagine if during that scene with Anne-Marie Wiley, it pauses and you pop up and go, hey, just clarification on what's being said right now. Wouldn't that be kind of amazing? And I I really love that idea. Also, yeah, we could put you on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Crystal. So you could be part of the Crystal Garcelle team and you can just take Anne-Marie Wiley head to head. I'm playing fantasy football in my head now. So sorry about that. Um, Yeah. um, Let me just buy a place in Beverly Hills and I'll just live there during filming. Now, uh, you are insanely busy. You have a full-time job. You have a family. How are the children? How's your husband? They are good. They are out of school now for break. So I'm they sorry. are in the other I'm room. Sorry about that. <laughs> I sat them in front of the TV and was like, don't come in the office for the next hour. <laughs> um, they know they're good kids. Um, I am not um, full-time anymore. I'm part-time now, okay. um, which is fabulous because I still get to participate in medicine research, mentoring residents and medical students, but I also have time for other endeavors like my businesses that I run, social media stuff, you know, going to volunteer for lunch duty at my kid's school. Those are things that I couldn't do when I was working full time at the hospital, but now I can. So I feel like I have a much better work-life balance. Is the the purse closet safe still good? Is the where oh, yeah. you keep all the purse? Is that, is that still very the, like- The uh, closet uh, is doing well. She okay. has had some new additions to the closet <laughs> lately, which you can follow on TikTok. I miss, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, we do miss seeing that closet. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, the other thing in tar- terms of, we know that you have the candle line, three moons wine, three moon, three moons wine. Um, is that I always, and I suggested to you at the time, and then I just saw a DM that I had missed from a long time ago, 
you know, I always wanted you to write a book and I know you do medical journals. I know you, you have participated in those, which a lot of the public really don't get to see or know about a lot of the times, but medical professionals do. Is there a book in your future? Because I feel like you have such an interesting story coming from your upbringing to reality, to medicine, to family, you know, across the board. Is there a possibility for that in 2024? It's funny you should ask because I am in the middle of writing my book. I'm actually at the tail end of it. I've been working on it all 2023. So um, part of the uh, reason for me to go part-time was so that I would have time to write. So I have a book. It is supposed to be out in 2025. Um, we don't have a solid title yet. We have a working title, but it's not cemented. But it's basically a memoir with a personal development personal development angle, which is me telling the story of my life, coming to America, going to school, you know, having kids, all that stuff. But at the end of each chapter, there are some takeaway points for the reader to bring into their own lives and hopefully to help them think about things that are going on in their own lives so that they can become their most truest, authentic, and happiest self. Uh, well, I, I I will be buying the first copy of that because that sounds amazing. But what is the process for you of writing? Is it is it one of the most difficult things you've had to do? I mean, you are a genius in so many other uh, avenues. Have you has have you found the writing process difficult? Yes, the writing process is difficult. I mean, I've written probably like 50 or 60 scientific manuscripts, book chapters, things like that. But this is like, you know, we uh, had this hypothesis. So we decided to do this study. This is what we did. These are our results. This is what we think about our results. It's not like, oh, I came from China, had a really terrible childhood, kids picked on me, like all that kind of stuff. And many of the things that I talk about in my book, to be honest, I had suppressed those things for a long time. You know, you just don't deal with it, like package it nicely and put it in the back of the closet. So as I was writing, especially especially some of those earlier chapters, it was cathartic in a way, but I had to make some extra appointments with my therapist because it was like bringing out all these sort of repressed bad feelings. Um, So that was hard. And also it's hard to write because all day I feel like I'm running around putting out fires and staying at the surface. And I think writing is such a deep activity. So I try to block out like four hours of quiet time. I shut off my phone, make sure that my kids are being taken care of, make sure nobody really needs me acutely. And then I try to use that time to like really get deep and write. Wow. I mean, uh, it does seem like such a difficult process to have to dig up everything and put it in a book format for us to consume. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a different form of reality television, but a much deeper form because that thing is there forever. I mean, reality television is as well, but this is truly you in your own words and you can't blame an edit on that. Right, right. Um, aroma, uh, aromasthesia candles. That's your candle line, correct? Yes. Um, Now, I know we're at the holidays already. This is potentially way too late to buy this for a holiday gift, but I do want to suggest you're going to get holiday cash, you guys. This might be the place to spend your hard-earned, not hard-earned, given holiday (laughs) cash. You know, the thing that's so amazing about your candles, it is so, you know, they smell amazing, but at the same time, can you explain like the labels and how each one is a different form of medicine? Oh gosh, they're so dorky. When I made these candles was mid-pandemic and it was kind of a hobby that turned into a business. But all of the candles are named after drugs, mostly anesthetic drugs. Yeah, propofol, right? The propofol is for humans (laughs) who need a nap. And they have these like, on the back label, they have these indications for use and then like potential side effects like you would get on a bottle of Tylenol or something. And they're sort of tongue in cheek. Like one of the indications for use is like, if anyone's ever told you that you have a resting bitch face, you know, 
know, like <laughs> those kinds of things. Um, so it brings a little bit of my humor, which is not for everyone, um, to the candles. They are hand poured in Dallas still to this very day, triple scented, made with all non-toxic ingredients. And I consider them a luxury product. You know, it's not a Target candle, no shade to Target candles. Um, but they are a premium product that I feel like encompasses not just like a candle, but like a mood. Like when yeah. you light this candle, that's your self-care time. I don't care what happened at work today, what happened with the kids today, but like now you are to take care of yourself for the next 30 to 45 minutes. I love that. And I also want to say, even though there is a sense of humor behind it, they look really classy, you guys. It's not like some wacky, like there's colors everywhere. It's really like the label is really nice. The back of it's really nice. Um, so it does look classy. If somebody were just to see it, you'd be like, oh, that's a nice candle. And then you look at it and you might get a little bit of a smirk or a laugh out of it. So I do want to say that as well. I'm going to put the link in the show description, you guys, and I'll put it in my stories when this gets released as well. And then I wanted to talk about Three Moons Wine, which we saw on your season of Dallas, you guys, you know, you guys take this very seriously. How did you produce this wine? Our wine is made in Napa and Sonoma. We have a winemaker. We have a facility. We don't have a vineyard like where you can go to the tasting room and visit it because we don't have that much production. Um, but we've been doing this since, gosh, 2009. My husband really was the one who started the whole winemaking process. And then I became involved probably five, six years after that because he was only making a Cab Sauve. And I don't really want to drink a Cab Sauve all the time. Like it's heavy. <laughs> it's tannic. It dries out your mouth. Now I need a filet mignon. Like it's just too much. So I wanted to make a white wine, a sparkling, and then a more approachable red um, that's a proprietary red blend. And so now he continues to make the Cab Sauve and I make the other three wines. Um, we've like sold out year after year after year. And yeah. I'm like, I wish I could go back to 2019 and like make more Cab Sauve, but I can't because that's just how much we made. Not to mention that like I drink half of our inventory. <laughs> Guys, if you're listening to this and not watching it, um, she is drinking her product right now. So I just want to point out she is drinking yeah. what we could potentially buy because she's greedy like that. She's greedy. I mean, why run a business if you can't have some perks? <laughs> well, I mean, so when you realize these things are popular, do you put more into production? I mean, do you look forward in the future to five years down the line, 10 years down the line? Yeah, we are looking into more production because we have now like five hotels in the DFW area and we serve the wine at our hotels. Well, we did until it sold out. Um, but we are trying to ramp up production, but it's kind of difficult because we have to, we don't have our own winery. We source our grapes from other wineries that have excess production that yeah. year. And it's, it's not that simple, but yes, we are trying to ramp up production. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, it's delicious. I'm going to put the link to that as well. It goes with everything. There's something for each one of your palates. Um, as we start winding down here, because you've been so generous to hop on at the one of the at the last minute, especially during the holiday season, I wanted to go back to Dallas really quick. Any contact with Mama D still? Oh, Mama D's great. She's like 83 now. Um, she just had uh, surgery not too long ago. She's doing fabulous. She is just sharp as a tack. I think she's going to live to be 100, you guys, because she just yeah. does not miss a beat. You know what I mean? And she goes to the yeah. doctor like every other day. So we know she's healthy. Well, I mean, let's pray for her esophagus, right? Let's make sure it's Mama a normal esophagus. esophagus. Is doing much better than son. <laughs> yeah, her better esophagus than... is fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I never knew that the esophagus would receive so much national attention. 
Well, like if the esophagus was ever feeling like it was a forgotten part of the anatomy, this not anymore. The esophagus is like everybody's talking about me. The esophagus is expanding, bursting with joy. I will say that's what I love about Housewives, though, is that that was kind of a weirdly ridiculous scene because all of a sudden we're fighting over esophaguses. But at the end of the day, it does actually give attention to a medical issue that people deal with. So in some senses, it turns out to be a good thing, even though it's extremely silly on its face on TV. Yes, and I prefer this kind of silly banter because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I think Anna Maria probably just, you know, wasn't speaking right, but I don't know her at all. She's probably lovely otherwise. I don't know. But yeah, I prefer this kind of housewife fighting as opposed to the kind that ended my season because the kind that we had was like going after people and their jobs and their families and that oh, sort it got of thing. So and I was like, messy it got and so dark. Toxic. And I was like, what are you guys doing? So well, and it, I prefer this kind of housewife fodder. Well, and you guys, just to remind the audience, it, it was so bad. I mean, it wasn't just even on screen, it was off screen, like everything it was with the West Coast. That was nasty. Well, that. And it was really scary because it seemed like for a time that it was ramping up and it just seemed like everybody was in attack mode. And I thought that was so weird. And, and you guys, well, they had one of the weirdest reunions due to COVID. I mean, like most of the people were there by a gigantic TV screen. You had Brandy talking like she was like on a IMAX screen at some point. <laughs> Yeah, that reunion was the nail in the coffin. I was like, forget it. And then my nose bled like the last five minutes of reunion. My blood pressure was so high. I was like, this is it. This is God telling me like, (laughs) no more for you. Like you are done. I mean, your first reunion and that, I mean, like it was just that you were so intense. I mean, do you keep in touch with anybody from the cast? I know you get asked this all the time. No, I mean, I keep in touch with Deandra. I I say basically the answer is I keep in touch with the same people that I kept in touch with before I filmed Housewives, which is Deandra and the seventh housewife who I considered to be Mama D. So the Westcots didn't get a holiday card this season. (laughs) (laughs) They don't get a a free candle or anything like that? (laughs) No, they did not receive anything. We are in our separate corners. Like, I don't wish them harm, but I need them to stay out of my life and out of my business. Well, but that's what I loved about you. And, you you know, we talked about that at the beginning is that you never needed this show. And that's the other kind of perfect housewife for me that they don't need it because with a lot of housewives, you sense then they get involved in this and they need it. It becomes the only thing. So when they get off the show or their show gets canceled, it's this mad scramble to try to get back on TV or the panic or like wanting to be available for when it comes back. And you don't have to deal with any of that, which is so amazing. The, the advice I give to people is never have your identity be wrapped up in one thing, whether that's being a housewife, being the wife of so-and-so or the mother of so-and-so. Those are all wonderful things. But if you wrap up your whole identity in one thing and that one thing doesn't work out for some reason, you are really screwed. So like you diversify your uh, portfolio, ladies, diversify your life as well. Uh, that's brilliant. And then finally, you said you are friends with Crystal and I know you've been friends for a while. How did you guys meet? We met because of Housewives, basically. She was filming 
um, a little bit after I was filming and she called to ask for some advice because she was getting some social media commentary that was not flattering. And she was like, how do you put up with all this? um, We also did like a joint thing because at that time, you know, AAPI um, hate was on the rise and we did a joint thing with Bravo just to talk about our support of the AAPI community. And she, Crystal is exactly who you see on television. I can tell you that she is not putting on a facade. She is quiet, but she is watching. She has opinions. She's whip smart, really funny. And sometimes I think people just need to give her a little bit more of a chance because she's fabulous. I adore her. Oh, I mean, it is like I, she's one of the only housewives. I actually got to go over to their place and hang with her and Rob for uh, uh, an evening. And they were just both, I mean, Crystal's always been amazing, but it was really fun to watch that dynamic of her and Rob. And it just was so normal. You guys, it was just so normal. I mean, it was very witty, very funny, but it wasn't like putting on airs. It was just so normal, which is what she appears like on screen. And that's why I call her a reliable narrator as well. Um, So unfortunately, you can't tell me anything to embarrass Crystal right now on this podcast. (laughs) No, I adore her. I (laughs) I don't have anything bad to say about her. I really don't. Okay, well, Dr. Tiffany Moon, happy holidays. I want to remind people once again, the candle line is Aromastesia. The uh, Three Moons Wine is the wine company that we will put all of that information out there. I think this is a perfect gift for your loved ones at any time. In fact, just get some, have it in the back when you get invited to something last minute and you can bring it with you. Um, And then how else do we support you? What else do you want us to pay attention to? Of course, your TikTok, but what else is out there that we should be paying attention to? I mean, just support me on social media. Um, and in 2025, I would love it if you guys would buy my book. Will you come back on in 2025? Can, yes, I, can I get a yes. book interview? For sure. Okay. For sure. We're going to do a little um, book tour. Uh, any uh, advice at these holiday dinners about uh, proper esophagus usage at the dinner table? At the, <laughs> chew your food better. Chew your food. Chew your food. But you, yeah, it's not. If you do have a stricture, though, that's not going to do. You got to do a smoothie or something. That's not going to do it. Uh, the yeah. overly chewing. So, uh, Doctor Tiffany Moon, always a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so thankful that you came on today, and I hope you have the best rest of your holiday. Thank you, Ryan. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Uh, isn't Dr. Tiffany Moon amazing? I just like saying doctor, Dr. Tiffany Moon, Dr. Dr. Ryan Bailey. That's that's good as well. Uh, so I think that sets us up in a good place. We now understand the ins and outs of the esophagus. And I want you to also let you know she is joking about just force feeding, You're just chewing your food uh, quickly. She's joking about that. So uh, let's get on in on today's episode. Uh, now, I want to thank, as always, Juliana Carroza, who took these notes Merry Christmas, Juliana. She is uh, truly amazing. Truly, truly, truly amazing. And thank you so much for all of this. And uh, let's see here. We're on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 13, episode nine. It feels, doesn't it feel like it's been 30 episodes so far? Or maybe that's just me, but it, feel, it feels long. It's a, it's a good season. It's a really good season. I don't think it's hit the levels of Salt Lake City this season, 
but it's really good. And there is so much meat on the bone to talk about. And I think right off the bat is interesting, too, is because Erica Jane is seeming to build a lot of favor with a lot of the fandom. And I, I once again think that is so interesting because it takes so little to bring us back around, right? Like everybody's like, oh, she cleared Denise Richards, which by the way, I feel like at this point, anybody could clear Denise Richards. And what did I say? I said, Denise Richards, I was never like all hyped on having her back on the show. I liked Denise Richards, but I more wanted to follow Denise Richards and her husband, Aaron. Now, if they brought Aaron back on, that's a twofer. Like, so Denise is, she, to me, no offense to Denise Richards. She's always been kind of a so, so housewife. You know, I know her more as a movie star in the past. And I just never thought she fully found her footing in housewives genre. And I think she would even say that. And you saw how rattled she got every season, especially the last one. And by the way, they were all coming for her, especially Lisa Rinna. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. It's me, Lisa Rinna. I got everybody's Harry's Bolognese. Check your stockings. It's all in. I didn't can it. I just scooped Harry's Bolognese into your stocking. <laughs> Uh, Lisa Rinna was really after to Denise and I thought, wow, that is, uh, that's, that's really intense. So the fact that Erica Jane is clearing Denise Richards should be no surprise. It's like having a professional boxer fight a kid. There's just no way that Erica's not going to clear Denise Richards every chance she gets. Now, Denise doesn't do herself any favors because she clearly came into that, uh, THC dinner, uh, a little something. I don't know if it was buzz. I don't know if it was pills. Now she was on uh, Bethany Frankel. I don't know if you've heard of her, Bethany Frankel, which by the way, Bethany Frankel, there was a great page six headline that I saw today that uh, I thought about you guys. This was great. Uh, page six is reporting. Bethany Frankel's vagina sets off airport metal detector. I swear to God, that is an actual, that's an actual page six headline. Page six, always dropping pearls in terms of headlines. Now I didn't even click on the link because I was like, I think I got all the information in, in the, uh, in the title of the article. Um, I do think it's interesting. Is Bethany Frankel going to find a way to blame Andy Cohen on her vagina setting off the metal detector? That's, you know, truly, this is my reality reckoning right here. I am fixated. And I hope we get daily updates leading up to Christmas and new years about her metallic vagina. This is truly fast. <laughs> it's truly Truly, truly fascinating. Um, but uh, Denise Richards was on Bethany Frankel's podcast and uh, said, I think she was asked the question of what she was on. And Denise was like, I wasn't on anything. I was just ma maybe one drink. And uh, and I was just nervous to be around all the ladies. And I totally get being nervous. Totally get that. That is, I would be nervous too. But I think we can all agree there was something more than nerves at play. And the fact that she did that and then came back for another episode and is now on this episode and is going to be on not next week. Remember, they're taking off next week for the holidays. Thank God. Thank you, Bravo. Thank you for hearing our prayers, giving us a week off of the reality shows. But she'll be on the next week where we'll get part two, where we end off today of Erica Jane clearing Denise Richards. But I saw so many things today of people saying, whoa, I love Erica Jane again, Erica Jane. And I'm like, yeah, it's. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to take a little bit more for me, but I'm glad everybody's having a good time with it. I just think it was a mistake all around to bring Denise Richards back. But listen, in the end, if Lisa Rin is gone, you know, maybe production also thought, okay, it'll be good if 
Erica Jane has somebody that she can easily clear, has somebody that she can easily like just 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 stomp like a biker at a uh, stomp like a biker at a sorry stomp like a narc at a biker rally, just somebody that they can clear immediately because it just it seems like anybody could take Denise Richards down. No offense to Denise, some of us are sensitive souls and we're not. Um, you know, you don't have the verbal wit uh, that a lot of these ladies do. So this is episode nine, Feisty Fiesta is the title. Feisty Fiesta. That seems like what is going on in my stomach most days. Also, uh, I feel like this is something like a Mikayo's menu or like a, uh, uh, you know, just like a Chipotle thing of like, come on in for a Feisty Fiesta. And this is the summary we are given by the cable company to let us know if we like this episode or not, if it's going to be something that we're going to be enjoying watching. It says Sutton tries her not so steady hand at dating. Oh, I'm in. Anna Marie reveals which first impression left a bad taste in her mouth. Well, Amory, I think you left a bad impression on a lot of our mouths so far. Dorit is shocked at how far Kyle has waded into a new friendship. And I want to point out that is a genius sentence because how far Kyle has waded into a new friendship, Morgan Wade waited. I see what you're doing, Bravo. And I love it. I love it. Let's find a way to how far Kyle has Morganed into a new friendship. And then finally, Erica comes to a boiling point with Denise. Now you can say boiling point, but like I said, Erica cleared her with ease. I don't think she even broke any, her BPM didn't go past like 60. It was just like, Denise, you're done. OnlyFans. Okay, peace. Previously on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, we have a collection of clips from previous episodes. We start off with Erica on the way to Vegas and the, the PJ. And she's like, I gave up fighting with y'all for Lent. I'm Erica Jane. And Garcelle's like, that's 40 days. And Kyle's like, how far in are we? Kind of like, how long are you going to even last, Erica? And then we cut to that scene with the matchmaker, Alessandra. Remember, Alessandra was like so bubbly and like, yeah, okay. Oh, my God. And Alessandra's going, what's an ideal partner for you, Sutton? And she's a very active listener. So anytime Sutton was speaking, she'd be like bobbing her head like, I am very much listening to you. I am hearing every word. Anyway, Sutton tells her, well, I like tall, handsome, I say, I say. Well, we'll talk about the wealth part later, but let's start with tall and handsome. And then Sutton in her talking head says, well, dating apps are not working for me, I say, I say. Then we cut to a scene of Morgan Wade getting a new face tattoo. No, it's not that, but they're at a tattoo parlor. We've seen this episode, and she's like, I'm Morgan Wade. I will let you guys tattoo me. And the tattoo artist is like, how did you guys meet? And Morgan's like, she stalked me. She stalked, Kyle stalked me. And Kyle's like, I did, I did. <laughs> and then Kyle inks a K on Morgan's arm. Now, I've said this before, but Morgan has so many tattoos that what's another K gonna really, does it really, at the end of the day, if this friendship, relationship, whatever it is, doesn't work out, it's not like she's going to be like, fuck, I got a huge K on my arm and I'm walking around with a K in this relation. No, it's like it's like a tiny K on like a whole like illustrated man body. And uh, the illustrated, I don't mean she's a man. I mean, illustrated man. Remember that? Uh, I think it was H.G. Wells story called. Anyways, Morgan's like, no one can say they've been tattooed by Kyle Richards. Which, by the way, next year at BravoCon, Kyle should set up a tattoo booth. I mean, do it for charity or something like 50 bucks to get Kyle to put a K on your body. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, I'm already going to put that on my Christmas list for next year. And Garcelle, we cut to her scene in Vegas and goes, 
I don't know if I can trust you guys with my family because I'm still a little bit, you know, with the laughing of Jax at the birthday party. And Drake goes, it's been over a year. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And then we cut to Denise Richards at the THC party. She's like, what did I do to you? And Eric's like, can you tell me what it is? Because I'm not clear. Denise is like, you know what I'm talking about? And Eric's like, no, I don't. And Denise goes, go watch the show. Watch the show. Watch the show. And Eric's like, wait, what's happening? Because Erica admits that she was a little THC buzzed. And I will about if you see uh, Denise Richards doing like a golem imitation at a table. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would be like, what is going on? That truly had to have been an insane moment. But also, I love Denise's go watch the show. I feel like they need to take that clip and make it like like every show, every commercial for Bravo. You need Denise Richards at the beginning going, go watch the show. Watch the show. Now we're at Kyle at Sutton's boutique anniversary in a new scene. And Kyle's like, I apologize for anything that hurt you. And son's like, well, I'm a forgiving person as long as you're honest with me and I, I can always move on, I say, I say. And then Sutton says, well, you have been gossiping about me that I have a drinking problem, which is totally untrue, Dorit. And Dorit's like, from me? And then Sutton's like, Crystal told me. Crystal told me. Um, so we get the taglines this week and then a bouncy song plays. It's going down. No one can take your crown all around the world. People will remember our names. Do you know how easy it must be to write lyrics? It's going down. No one can take your crown all around the world. People will remember our names. Like what would that song even be about? Can it's going down. No one can take your crown all around the per- the world people will remember our names. It seems there's something Egyptian about it. I don't know. It's a beautiful sunny day in uh, Los Angeles, Beverly Hills, Encino, wherever they're at. And Crystal is in her beautiful backyard with her daughter trying to master a balance beam together. And uh, Crystal's like, okay, let's see. Oh my God, this is hard. And Zoe, age eight, is like, do you know how to do a cartwheel on the beam? And Crystal's like, no, no, I do not. And then Zoe easily does one, but falls off the landing. And Crystal says, you know, come on, I don't want silver. I want gold at all times. Now, Crystal says this very nice, but in my imagination, I wish Crystal was like a drill sergeant of like, come on, puss, pussy. I don't want silver. I want gold. This family's about gold. My husband directed the Lion King for the love of God, gold. Now the song continues. Come on, no one can take your crown. All around the world, people remember your name. And we go to Garcelle's house and Garcelle says, hey, babe. And Jade, 15, goes, hey, mom. Now, remember, Jade and Jax, Jade, uh, they're men now. They are grown men, according to them. Garcelle says, what are the plans for the summer? Basketball, volleyball? And Jade's like, I don't know. And Garcelle goes, what about Ashlyn? What's the plan for the summer? And Jade has no answer. And uh, Garcelle goes, I just don't want Jade having babies young like he wants to. It would have been really weirdly amazing if Jay was like, we're going to do the hippity dippity all summer. Anyways, Jax is listening to this. They're all laughing just like a sitcom family. Now the song plays over to Erica's now. It's coming down. No one can take your crown. And Erica is in a studio doing a Vegas residency ad campaign photo shoot. The work is on for this residency. It is all happening as Sheena Shea says. Uh, we're very excited. She got the Vegas residency offer last episode. So she is already prepping, uh, in just terms of publicity. And the photographer's like, you're going to start on the platform lying down. 
okay, perfect. We got it. And she's in a sexy black lacy get up spike heels. And Erica, you can tell she's like, now this is more like it. Fuck those victims. Yeah, I'm posing again. I'm feeling like Erica Jane. And the photographer's like, ooh, good. I love that. I love that. And a random woman says, Vegas ain't seen nothing like this in a long time. Uh, I, I, I beg to differ. I, I, uh, I literally saw somebody throw up in a bucket in Vegas. So I think Vegas has seen a lot of different things. This is definitely not surprising. A random man goes, it's the show I want to watch. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's the thing. I want to be in a position one day where people just like flat out, like lie to me about like my look. I mean, actually Erica's very pretty. I mean, I did say she was very pretty last week. Remember in the kitchen scene? But anyways, Erica's now with a blast black mask on. She's like, well, that's the show we're selling. So she is letting us know this is going to be a sexy Vegas show. She is selling sex with her songs, with her music. And now we reach over, uh, we have an evening with Sutton being dropped off at La Boheme French Restaurant. Now, La Boheme, you guys, is on Santa Monica Boulevard. I've been there many times. Really, really cool place, actually. The indoors, the outdoors. I went a couple times over COVID because they had outdoor seating and it was it was pretty cool. And the host is like, do we have a reservation? And Sutton's like, for two, I see. His name is Sal. His name is Sal. And Jose like, right this way. And we see Sal seated at a table waiting for his date Sutton. And he sees her coming and he stands up like a gentleman. Now, this Sal, what did you guys think? He seemed uh, a little older than Sutton. He also seemed to really enjoy being on camera, potentially a little nervous, but at the end liked it. We're not talking John Jansen, Louis Ellis levels but he seems like he was he he liked it too you thought so too right and sounds like how are you how are you so like well hi how are you nice to meet you and they do this awkward semi-hug and sounds like please please and he pulls out sudden seat well oh thank you thank you you're welcome well well it is nice to meet you and sounds like well it is nice to meet you too as well and alessandra speaks highly of you Sal, clean cut gentleman, checked button up shirt, no tie and blue blazer. This guy is free balling in terms of that. And Sutton's like, well, <laughs> this is my first time with Alessandra. Sutton in a talking head says, well, this is my very first date that Alessandra has set me up on. Now they flash back to that date picking day where Alessandra's like, the first bachelor is bachelor S, loves kids, loves to travel. And Dorit was there, remember? She's like, okay, you need to give them the benefit of the doubt and pretend to just relax and be yourself. Beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, boop, boop. And Sutton in a talking head goes, well, first dates are always like that butterfly moment. Huh? And you don't know, you know, this could be the one. I say, I say, he's tall, he's handsome, he is a gentleman. This date has promise. Sal has promise. I love this. It's like, he is a tall drink of water. I just want to, I just want to drink him up. Like he's a little bit of my grapefruit juice. I keep in my purse just to sip on, not for vodka, nothing silly like that. Um, <laughs> Sal goes, Sal's like, so you, if I'm not mistaken, you're a Georgia girl. Well, yeah, Augusta, Georgia, Augusta, Georgia. Well, you're you're from New York City, or and sounds like well, just outside. <laughs> but I bought into L.A. big time, big time. The climate, everything, just suits me. Back east, humidity, mosquitoes—two things that I do not miss, and I don't know if I can tolerate them again. You know, it must be humid in Georgia. Well, yeah, like in the summer, it gets to be a hundred percent humidity. And Sal goes, I sweat like a madman. 
And this is when I fell in love with Sal, because I think we all agree that people that are heavy sweaters are some of the most magical people alive. And I was like, this is the man. This is the guy for Sutton. This guy, hell yeah. I will tell you from personal experience, though, when I do see that something's like over 70% humidity, I get very, very scared because my body does not respond well to that. Turns out we are made up of 80% water, and usually most of that goes outside my body once I step outdoors. Um, but Sutton hears this. He's like, oh, oh, what would you say? Sweat like a madman? And Sal goes, people were literally saying to me, why are you all wet? And Sutton's mouth drops open and goes, oh. Sutton in a talking head goes, well, listen. There are worse problems to have than getting a little sweat. And she busts out laughing. Uh, what if they're sweating in bed, huh? Sweating to the oldies. Um, I do think it is weird to say the line on a first date. People were literally saying to me, why are you all wet? That is, <laughs> if you are a guy on a first date, would you go like, oh my God, you could just sop up my under boobs. I mean, it's just, it's a mess. I mean, it's like the Titanic. We'll all be floating out of here at some point, right? Would you say that? I think, I mean, I guess, no, now that I'm thinking about it, when I do, I literally do tell people I'm, I'm sweating. In fact, the more I talk about sweat right now, the more I'm actually sweating just talking about it. My nervous system is shot that way. Um, so the server is like ready to order and sends a well, and I'm drinking, you know, so it's, it's her one drink that she has a day. Can I get a kettle one martini? And Sal's like, well, I'm going to have an old fashioned rocks. Well, I'm just going to have the tuna ta-ta. And Sal's like, well, I'm going to have the halibut. And Sutton's like, well, how, Sal, how long ago did you move here? And Sal's like, well, I've been here since 1990. My mom still lives in the house we grew up in. So I get big, I get back pretty often to see her. And then Sutton's like, well, what do you do? And Sal's like, well, environmentally friendly office supplies. <laughs> but now I want to see Sal in a reboot of The Office. Wouldn't it be like, like a Michael Scott character where he just sweats all the time? Sal goes, but I've been working from home so I can still see mom. And Sutton makes big surprised eyes like, <gasps> and Sal goes, she's 88 and she's doing great. But I like to spend as much time with her as I can because I'm not around. And the server goes, I have a tuna tartare, no cilantro and a halibut. And Sal goes, well, thank you very much. So my 50th birthday, she said, how about we go to Vegas? And my mother got to the hotel before I did. And she said, you're going to be angry with me. And I said, why? And she said, well, I went downstairs to the concierge and I told him we needed something to do. And he goes right next door. There's a great old school variety show. She goes, <laughs> and then she goes, Sal, it's topless. It's topless. And Sutton gives another large eye look. And Sutton in a talking head goes, well, this is like a serious red flag for me because we know Vegas and uh, inappropriateness in terms of dancing and, you know, because of the Magic Mike show, it is a red flag for Sutton. You know, it's like, ah, oh, Sal, did your mom wear her dick riding pants, her leather, her leather button ups? Did she? Oh, my God, Sal, I'm very nervous to hear this. But Sal continues this story. He's like, I bought a cool looking catfish. He holds his two pointer fingers about 12 inches apart to demonstrate. And my mother at one point took a net and took it out and she's trying to, and he laughs and shakes his arm like his mother did with the net while Sutton takes her hand and covers her face and, and looks down at the table and Sutton in a talking head goes, well, there's too many mother stories for me to handle, I say, I say. I mean, that is to lead with that. I will tell you one story about my family. My parents, um, 
I think it was their, what anniversary was it? Was it their, like their 30th or 35th? They did a, uh, they renewed their vows in Vegas. Now my mom loved a deal anywhere she went. And I think it was, I forgot what hotel, but they had to, they did one of those go look at a timeshare and get free tickets to, uh, to a big Vegas show. And she did, <laughs> she did that. And the show was like, like Bob Mackie, who did all like of share, like shares Oscar outfit, like famous designer. He did the clothes for this production, but it was like semi nude. And we were like the front two rows. <laughs> My mom never admitting defeat was like, this is a beautiful production. This is amazing. Look at, look, I mean, just the costuming, but we were basically looking at half naked ladies. It was wild. Um, so, uh, Sal is just keep going with like, Oh mom. I said, mom, you beat that catfish to death. And Sutton uncovers her face and is like, okay. Sutton in a talking head goes, well, I'm still proud of myself for staying in this state. Prior to all this, I would have had to leave because of children emergencies or a hangnail that I needed to get rid of. I say, I say, so I'm, I think she's saying she would have blamed her children on having to leave previous dates, but she is growing up and realizes she's got to stay for this one. And Sal is just still busting up with his story. Oh my goodness, the fish, the fish. And he goes, I'm the only guy whose mother tried to pull the what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas rule. Suddenly they're talking to goes, well, even though Sal is not the right man for me, I'm making progress. Alessandra. Sutton in this scene goes, well, thank you. And the date is over. They both awkwardly try to get up from their seats. And Sal's like, these chairs, it's, it's like once you're in, you're in. It reminds me of a story about my mom. No. And Sutton's like, well, I just wish it would stop raining. I wish it would stop raining. And Sal goes, I'm digging those shoes. Oh, yeah, these shoes. They're beautiful. We'll have a great evening. And Sutton's like, yeah, bye. Sutton kind of already like, because Sutton, in a normal situation would have gone on for like a whole monologue about these shoes. Oh, these shoes. I got this at a Paris runway Versace show. Yeah. You know, I had a beautiful Versace kitten sweater at that same event, but then I got these shoes, but she doesn't talk about the shoes at all. So that's when, you know, she really didn't appeal to Sal. And I do want to say when I did meet Sutton that first time at BravoCon, uh, not this year, but the past year, remember, if you remember that photo, really potentially one of the worst photos I've ever taken. And that says something, but I was closing my eyes and you can tell it looks like I've, uh, have slicked back hair, but it is all sweat. So I, and, and she did seem a little like, um, what's the word, uh, disgusted. And so I think there was a potential, you know, anyways, the song plays running through the city, sitting really pretty hair blowing in the wind with the top down. The night turns into day and the day turns into another night, bringing us into Kyle's house with a crackling fireplace. Now this would have been a perfect scene for Kyle and Morgan Wade. And we're like, you may have a fire for me, Kyle. It's beautiful and heats us up on a rainy day. And Kyle's like, shit, there's a lot of food. Because there's like food out. And Anna, Anna Marie arrives and walks into Kyle's house. And it's like, hello, how are you? Am I doing good as a cast member? And Kyle's like, oh my God, let's go to the bar. And Anna Marie's like, let's do it. And Kyle's like, white wine, a red wine. And Anna Marie's like, I'm good with white. Let's do white. What's the doggy's name again? And Kyle's like, this one's Romeo. And then Kyle's Pekingese is barking, jumping at Anna Marie because Anna Marie, you know, the dogs can sense evil. And Anna Marie's like, oh, he just gave me a little nip. I'm going to sue you, Kyle. And Romeo growls like, 
sorry. Because Romeo also has a small esophagus, um, and that's rare for dogs. Anna Marie uh, says, I thought like we were having a moment. And he's like, no, we're not. <laughs> like, I'm going to bite the shit out of you. And Dorit enters, what's all the laughing about? I love Dorit's like, nobody's going to laugh without me here. <laughs> the real comedy has arrived. Beep, boop, 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 boop. And Anna Marie goes, uh, Kyle's dog just tried to eat my hand off, but no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. We're okay. Oh my goodness. Oh, thank God I didn't bring my kids. Little Jackaloo and Phoenix. And Kyle's like, it's always the little ones. Do you have the same colors on? And they're both wearing army green. That's another thing I notice about women that I don't think a lot of men, maybe metrosexual men do, but a lot like women will do the, the hug kiss. You look beautiful. You look beautiful. But they'll point out like things about the outfits immediately. Like we're matching. Oh my God. We're close to wearing the same thing. Oh, you have a necklace on as well. Like you always hear that, but you know, so Kyle is saying we have the same army green colors on. And Amory's like, are you in your fatigues? And Dreet's like, are you kidding me, Kyle? I don't know why this is so exciting for Dreet. They're referring to the bar covered in charcuterie, actually. And Kyle's like, it's Shabbat, by the way. I always have so much food. And Dreet goes, I mean, I do not have a narrow esophagus, <laughs> but I do have the stomach the size of an adult woman. And Dorit barely has the stomach of an adult woman. Are you kidding me? Dorit's teeny tiny. They're all teeny tiny. But classic Dorit to make fun or to bring up the narrow esophagus immediately because... Now, Dorit gets a lot of flack, obviously, for various reasons. But I will say the one thing about Dorit that I appreciate is she always starts shit. She, I mean, well, not starts shit into their face. She will always say something about like Sutton's drinking to Kyle and Crystal without Sutton there. And now she's talking about Sutton's esophagus to Anna Marie and Kyle, in, in, but trying to be in a, in a making fun kind of poking way, if it were. And uh, Anna Marie is cracking up because as Dr. Tiffany Moon told us earlier, Anna Marie likes to weaponize the medical profession. And Kyle goes, I almost spit my water out that night when you were talking to Sutton. So Kyle is giving positive reinforcement to Anna Marie going, hey, thanks for taking that bullet. Because Kyle was like hiding behind Anna Marie. Remember, we have a flashback to Sutton's anniversary party where Anna Marie's like, when you have a stricture in your esophagus, all you do is chew your food more. And if you really have a problem, you go get treatment for that. Now we know from Dr. Tiffany Moon, that is not how you do it at all. No. Anna Marie in this scene goes, I didn't say anything wrong. You did. Dorit goes, I wouldn't say that it's made all that much sense to us. She describes it to me that she has to crush up all her food, like baby food, and then like the following year, it's like, I just don't eat meat. But then she was eating bacon. Oh, and Anna Marie laughs. <laughs> Anna Marie in a talking head goes, I haven't known Sutton that long, but all of these inconsistencies with Sutton in her past, it's very telling. And if anybody comes close to like exposing anything about her, she gets mad. But that's actually, that's more like Kyle, right? Because Sutton was hot on the heels of a Kyle expose. And now we're talking about esophagus. What would you guys rather talk about? Esophaguses or Kyle? Now this, most seasons I'd be esophagus. No brainer. But this season, I want to hear about Kyle. Uh, so Sutton at her anniversary party, we flash back to that where she's like, shall we get my esophagus stretched all together as a group? I say, I say. And Eric's like, Oh my God, is that a thing? I like Erica's like, should I put that in my Vegas show? Sexy time, where I stretch my esophagus on stage like Cirque du Soleil. 
Dury goes, so what did you guys do this week? And Kyle's like, I just had some meetings regarding the show I'm working on. The one hour drama, which is the one hour drama. I mean, I think she's making a documentary about Morgan Wade, but I'm not sure what the one hour drama is. And Dury goes, excuse me. Hello. My name is Dorit. What's your name? And Kyle's like, Kyle. Okay. Do you remember we're friends, Kyle? And Anna Marie's like, so you don't know either? Share, share information with us because this is new information. And Kyle um, very proudly goes, I'm doing a one hour, I'm producing a one hour drama. And Dorit's like, what else are you going to tell me? You got more tattoos? And Kyle's like, I did get one more. And Dorit's like, what do you mean you got one more? How many, Kyle? You know, Dorit is more offended that she doesn't know information about Kyle more so than just the tattoos. And we get a flashback to one week earlier at the tattoo parlor where Morgan goes, Your hands are slimy, Kyle. You want me to take a picture of it? And then we flash back. We go to this scene and he goes, So, how many do you have? And Kyle's like, Six. Has Mo seen the latest tattoos? And Kyle's like, I came home and I showed him. You could tell he was really annoyed. Oh, love me. What are you doing? One week earlier, he's like, I got another tattoo. And Marisa was like, eh, honey, it's small, very small. Ay, 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 okay. And Kyle pulls down her pants and she's like, right there. And she exposes the orb. And Mo goes, love bean, love bean. Now the closed caption, Juliana points out that it does say love bean, but I've had people reach out to me that it said lapine for a certain thing. So that's all very interesting. What is What's the true answer for any of this right now? I just, I do need somebody to tell me, is it Lapine or Love Bean? It doesn't make sense. So then in this scene, <laughs> um, Kyle's like, what happened was Morgan was in town and Anna Marie is like, who's Morgan? And Dorit's like, new best friend. Dorit is so competitive with Morgan Wade. I, I bet Dorit shows up with a face tattoo at some point just to like, and by the way, that's probably the way to really show your love to Kyle at this point is get a tattoo. Like do you Kyle, would you like to go to the tattoo shop with me and get a tattoo of a love bean? Kyle goes, so she has everything on her. Like whatever they show us a cozy selfie of Kyle and Morgan and title it Kyle's new best friend. Very cheeky. And Kyle's like, it's not like the thought that goes into mine. So she's like, you can do one. I don't even care. I'm like, okay, then I'll do one. And Dorit is riveted, just chewing food for her tiny esophagus. And she's like, what? What? And Anna Marie's like, wow. And Kyle's giggling. <laughs> so I just put a K because then she could write any word with it. And Dorit just stares with her mouth open, full of food. And Anna Marie drops her mouth and gasps. And Dorit goes, wait, you gave her the tattoo? And Kyle's like, yeah, they let me do it at the place. And Dorit's like, what is going on, Kyle? What? <laughs> what is going on? I can't believe you. Oh, my, don't you need a license for this? Dorit in the talking head goes, my husband put my name on his arm. I don't know what that says about Kyle tattooing her name on Morgan's arm. Beep, boop, 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 boop. But that is a really, really close friendship. I wish Sutton was in this scene because Sutton would have been like, 
Oh my gazoiks, zoiks, I can't believe it. I say, I say, you said what? And then Sutton went around and grabbed Garcelle and goes, Oh my God, Garcelle, you're not going to even understand what Kyle said. She got a friend. She tattooed a K on her arm. And then Dorita in this scene goes, You put the first letter of your name on her body. And Kyle giggles like a schoolgirl. <laughs> I did. Now Dorit goes, No, you literally have been friends for a year. And now. And Kyle's like, no, two years, but that doesn't matter. And Dre goes, okay, well, I'm just saying we've been friends for seven. I mean, you didn't put a D on your body, did you? I could put a tattoo on you. I, I could probably do a D. And Anna Marie laughs. <laughs> and that's the end of that scene. Uh, another song separate. We usually don't have this many songs in an episode, but this one goes, I'm so fresh. I'm so clean. Can't nobody do it better than me. Pull up on them. Ow. With a gangster lean. Can't nobody floss better than me. And Garcelle is arriving at the classic cat and gets seated. And, uh, this is where Lala did her birthday party on Vanderpump rules. Remember where Raquel wasn't invited or Rachel wasn't invited, but she came in anyways. Like I need it. I need to talk to you, Lala. And they got that scene out there. Uh, so Garcelle goes, this is cool. Okay. Oh, I'd like a lychee meow. And then Erica strolls in. I love it. Oh, this place. How cool. And Garcelle goes, look at all the feathers. I thought you'd like it. I love it. Give me a hug. I'm Erica Jane. How are you? And Garcelle goes, good. How are you? And Erica and I talking head goes, when Garcelle first came into the group, we were friendly, and then we got on the wrong track, mostly because me. Flashback to 2021, where, where Garcelle is telling Erica, under no circumstances, though, can you disrespect not only a kid, but my kid. And Erica's like, I agree and take full responsibility. Thank you. And you know what? I was shit talking and treating the kids like they were adults and I was wrong. By the way, if, if she had done it this year, Jax has legally de declared himself an adult. So it would have been fine this year. It was just unfortunately last year. Also, um, who took over Erica Jane's body? Like <laughs> She hugs Garcelle like she's just all touchy feel. This therapy, you guys, therapy is truly doing a world of good for Erica Jane. I mean, I mean, I, I got it. I got to say, this is a completely different Erica Jane. Also want to point out once again that I think Lisa Rinna not being there, very positive for Erica Jane. Um, so Erica in the talking head goes, so it's nice to have drinks with Garcelle and hopefully rekindle something. In the scene, she goes, oh my goodness, did you want us a drink? And Garcelle's like, I ordered me a drink, but I didn't realize there was an extra one. And the server brought another one. And uh, so they're doing like, the, you know, I'm good. How are you? We get a flashback to Sutton's anniversary party. And Erica's like, I signed my Vegas residency contract. And Kyle solemnly is like, congrats. Be careful what you wish for, because it might show up and you have to perform. I like that she's like, hey, a little stage fright, perhaps. Erica and the talking head goes, I've put on a million shows, but I've never had one riding on this. On me. That's my biggest insecurity. They're not going to remember anything other than Erica pulled it off or Erica didn't pull it off. Now in the scene, she goes, it's amazing how life will turn around, provided you stay in the fight. And that, I think, was the best thing I could have done. And even though it looked ugly and it was horrible, I still had to keep walking forward, no matter how small your steps may be. In a talking head, she says, I don't think that a Vegas residency is going to solve all my legal and financial problems, but I know one thing. 
it is a step in the right direction. Now, listen, I've said this now in the past couple of episodes, but you gotta, uh, God, I can't believe what I'm saying. What is, what is truly wrong with me? I, I mean, you can still say, you know, there's some weirdness with the victim stuff, right? All that's weird. She was really horrible. Um, obviously now under a lot of, what is going on with me? Um, <laughs> if I like Eric Jane by the end of the season, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt myself. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is wild, but like, she's right. You know, it's like, she kept her head down. She loves performing. Now I think her show right now is a mixed bag in terms of did Erica pull it off or Erica didn't pull it off. And I've seen both. I've seen both. Like I've seen people say, you know, uh, it's horrible. Uh, the tickets are so cheap, only $7, which we'll get to when we talk about Denise's only fans. Um, but then, um, some people are like, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Did you guys see that video this week though? She got called out because she lip syncs one of the songs and the artist who actually that, I guess sings that song called her out on an Instagram post, I believe. And said, you know, listen, Hey, you gotta, you gotta credit, credit me, you know, pay me a little money or something. And you, you can't just be lip syncing to my vocal track without any kind of credit or recognition. And I think, uh, I think she's right, but I didn't realize that Erica Jane, I mean, I should have realized that Erica Jane was probably lip syncing, but to lip sync to somebody else's vocals, that's like, that's kind of wild, right? I, I didn't realize that. And the video she shows though, it's from a very weird angle where it does make it look like a smaller show. I really want to see, and, and I've seen a bunch of people post at Erica Jane shows, but it's always pointed at Erica Jane. And I want them to flip the camera around. I want to see the crowd. I want to see the audience. I want to see how big this venue is. I have, I have a lot of questions. And we'll probably get to see that during the Erica Jane Bet It All on Blonde two-part docu-series that's coming up in the new year. Um, so Erica and talking there goes, I don't think that a Vegas residency is going to solve all my legal and financial. Oh, <laughs> wait, we already did this. Erica goes, so what's going on, Garcelle? And Garcelle goes, a friend of mine is joining us. Is it Denise? Is Denise coming? No, but Denise will be coming to Taco Tuesday. Now, I love when housewives say Taco Tuesday. I don't know why, but it makes me go like, oh my God, they live in the same world that I do where Taco Tuesday exists. We flipped to one day earlier when Crystal is on FaceTime with Garcelle going, hey, next week I'm going to have a Taco Tuesday at my house. I'd love for you to include Denise. She's so sweet. I wish Crystal had been like, she's so sweet. She also, um, tell her to come sober completely. Garcelle goes, oh, Denise is sweet. Okay, I'll ask her. And Erica goes, who is it? You'll see. Oh, shit. You'll see. At that moment, a car pulls up outside to drop off. Sutton, dainty esophagus. Garcelle goes, oh, there's my friend. And Erica goes, oh, fuck off. Get over here. <laughs> They're all laughing. And Erica goes, I knew it was a setup. Your hair looks adorable. And son goes, well, it does. I flipped my pot over because it's dirty. I like it. What? Who is this? I like Sutton. Said I, Erica says, I like Sutton. Who is in Erica's body right now? So Sutton's like, well, so I was like, just let, let's just flip it. And the server goes, can I get you a light lychee martini as well? Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. I'll have a regular martini, but make it dirty. Now, if I was Sutton at this point, and this is where Sutton might be getting a little cocky, if one of the storylines is saying that you're drinking, now there's just one drink, right? But if one of the storylines is that, just know that anybody in that scene, minus Garcelle, is going to be watching you like a hawk. 
Uh, so Garcelle and I talking, he goes, bringing Erica and Sutton tonight together. One, we're all single. And two, when they let everything go, they have a good time. Oh my God. I can't wait to see Sutton at Erica Jane's Vegas show. Oh my God. They'll probably pull her up on stage and have the dancers dance on her. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm on a ballet, the board of a ballet team. Garcelle goes, so surprise. And Sutton's like, we're good. And Garcelle goes, I know you guys are. She makes me laugh, Erica. And Erica goes, she makes me frustrated and it's okay. Garcelle goes, hey, listen, life happens. Garcelle in a talking head goes, so tonight it's a social experiment to see how they're going to do. And Erica goes, I'm going to send you this thing about gossiping in the South. We don't gossip. We put you on our prayer list. And son's like, well, God bless America. So Erica, using the Southern angle to engage with Sutton, and Erica's like, we should put Denise on our prayer list. And Garcia's like, definitely. I should have put Denise on my prayer list. What do you think is on Sutton's prayer list? Like, oh, oh God, I want to I wanna thank for bargains on good clothing. I want to bless my friend Jennifer Tilly. I want uh, continued health and beauty for my horse Santos. Oh, I say, I say, I love Santos, dear Lord. I want to give a big old prayer to Santos that he is feeling comfy, cozy in his new apartment that I got him. Um, <laughs> Erica goes, sorry, Erica goes, I'm telling you, though, she needs to stop with this. Give up the four-year beef. Let it go like I did politely at Kyle's. And Garcelle goes, she wasn't clear with what her issues were, but I I saw her afterwards, and we flash back to that uh, lunch a week earlier, and Denise goes, it bothers me that Erica made a comment that because they're teenagers, that of course they had a threesome by now. Erica at the Cat's Meow in this scene goes, I said they know what threesomes are if they haven't had one already. Also... Even if you don't know what threesomes are, isn't it implied in the name? Like if you're like, hey, what do you think a threesome is when it comes to uh, sexual intercourse? And I think anybody would be like, well, I know three's involved. <laughs> there is a three involved. I mean, is it something with three fingers? Like, I feel like that's obvious. We get a flashback to 2019 where Dorit goes, you have 14 year old saying, mom, what are threesomes? And Erica goes, they already know if they hadn't had one already. I love when they tell us in the scene and then they also need to show us and do a flashback. Garcelle goes, I think she's been holding on to it and that's why she wants to get it out and she wanted to get it out there. And Erica's like, look, what happened to me over the last two and a half or three almost years now, all that public scrutiny takes a beating on you. And at some point I had to say, I turned the page. And that's why when I saw Denise doing that, I was like, I don't want to go there. I've left that behind. And Garcelle goes, so what happens with Taco Tuesday? Yeah, let's get it back with Taco Tuesday. Let's get it focused. Sutton puts her hand, uh, head in her hand and Garcelle chuckles. And Erica's like, I'm going to have a nice time at Taco Tuesday and I will be ready for whatever walks through the door. Uh, also, congratulations for Eric, to Erica for not making a taco joke. Uh, Son's like, well, I'm scared after Friday. Lent is over on Friday because Erica Jane let us know that she gave up fighting with these bitches for Lent and Lent is over on Friday. So game on. The server goes, would you like another lychee martini? And Garcelle's like, oh, yes, the night is young. <laughs> Just like those 14-year-olds, huh? They show the three ladies drinking martinis, ordering more drinks, and then some shots. Like, Sutton, come on. And then Garcelle goes, I, I think I'm tipsy. And Sutton's like, I look like a baby. Oh, my God, a baby Sutton. And Garcelle goes, baby Yoda. Oh, my God. I say, I say, you're such a bitch. You're a bitch, Garcelle. Oh, my good baby Yoda. They're laughing, drinking some more. Erica goes. And Erica's very still and she looks very gaunt in this, uh, 
this camera uh, setup. And her eyes are barely open. And she just stilly goes, Did you know that it's $7 for a naked bundle of Denise Riches on OnlyFans? <laughs> Did you know that it's $7 for a naked bundle of Denise Riches on OnlyFans? Like all the same the same rhythm, like just very, just very matter of fact, just throwing it out there. Also, I dare a lot of you guys out there listening at uh holiday dinner, Christmas dinner, Christmas, Eve, whatever. If, if there's ever a silent moment, if there's ever a silent moment, just go, just go. Did you know that it's $7 for a naked bundle of Denise Richards on OnlyFans? And see what the reaction you get is. I think, and by the way, this should be like a TikTok challenge. Everybody should do this at the dinner table. And Garcelle laughs, oh, shut up. Well, but is that really naked? It is. It's starting out as porn. That really is what it is. Garcelle and a talking head goes, well, that seems a little low for Denise fucking Richards. I mean, you can do better than that. How about, I don't know, $10? Garcelle fully trying to be Denise Richards' agent at this point. Garcelle in the scene goes, can we leave? I want to go to bed. I've had enough. I'm good. That is enough. And then Garcelle's like, who's driving? The son's like, well, you know, I always have my driver that I like. And Garcelle goes, the driver that you made out with? Oh, I'm kidding. Erica drops her jaw. And Erica to Sutton goes, bitch. And son's like, I'm going to kill you, Garcelle. God. And Garcelle goes, calm down. <laughs> calm down. I need it depends. But we find out later, this Sutton with the driver Oh, I will get to this because it really, it did blow my mind. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what is going on? This seems like a potential HR issue, if you know what I mean. Uh, another day brings us over to Dorit's and Dorit's like, bring me a towel so I can put this under the wet thing so it doesn't touch my skin. You know what I'm worried about though? Because I have tanner on. And Dorit's stylist is like, Dorit, you're brave wearing a white sweatshirt. And she's trying to help Dorit dab out a stain on the sweatshirt. And Dorit's like, I know. This is a look, guys. It's so sexy. At Kyle's house, she's glamming herself. So this is that round robin glamour scene that we always get. Kyle's like, hey, Siri, FaceTime Anna Marie. And Anna Marie answers wearing sunglasses and a hat on a beach in Hawaii. She's like, Kyle, my scene partner. And Kyle goes, oh my God, I'm so jealous. What are you doing, Kyle? I'm getting ready for Taco Tuesday. Denise and Erica are going to be there tonight. Oh, really? So I don't know what's going to happen there. I love the overusage of the words Taco Tuesday. Now we go over to Sutton being glammed by her team for Taco Tuesday. And all of the best Taco Tuesdays, you need glam. I think everybody understands the best Taco Tuesdays start with glam. So Sutton's makeup artist is like, why are you on OnlyFans? What is this? Because she has OnlyFans on her phone. Son's like, well, I had a dinner with Erica and Garcelle. And Erica, I say, say, brought up that Denise was on OnlyFans. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give Denise $12. Oh, 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 and $7 to see it uncensored. I love they're all signing. I mean, every dollar counts, right? But it is wild that potentially very wealthy women are signing up for Denise Richards' OnlyFans and I mean, not like, I hope like sudden like tips a hundred or something. Like it's almost offensive for rich people to pay that little to see Denise Richards nude. Sutton's male hairstylist goes, uh, oh my God, really? Only $7? Oh, shouldn't it be a little more? And Sutton's like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to find here. Hopefully nothing real, man. I say, I say. And she's scrolling through the pictures and Sutton's like, oh, oh my, ooh, ooh. I say, I say, oh no, oh no. And the makeup artist is like, do we think it's full naked butt or a butt with a thong? Looking at the photos and suddenly, well, I'm not paying $7 to find out, I say, I say. And the makeup artist is like, for the price of a cup of coffee, we can see if it's there. And they all laugh in the scene. 
So haha, it is weird, right? Like OnlyFans, I I just it is wild because you know, her and we get into this later, her daughter Sammy is doing OnlyFans as well. And I do wonder how much you make. Like Denise Richards has such a name. Is it like automatic insane money? Like what kind of money are we potentially talking about when it caught like, I mean, is it, is it like crazy money and how, you know, I don't know. I have so many questions. So Garcelle is dressed ready and in her car, picking up Denise and Denise opens the car doors. Like, Oh girl. Oh girl. Like Denise is kind of normal right now. She's not like she came in at the THC party and Garcelle goes, Denise, you look so pretty. Your hair looks so cute. I love your bag. So three compliments right out of the gate. And Denise is like, Oh, thank you. I got it in Italy. I'm sorry. I had to run out for my in-laws and Garcelle's like the in-laws are visiting. And Denise is like for a year and a half, let's get them on the OnlyFans. like kind of a family that not nude, but just like a family situation. It can be for anything. Garcelle stares at her and laughs and Garcelle goes, let's talk. You're going to see Erica. And Denise is like, am I? Oh, I'm sure you will. And Denise goes, crap. I wish I dressed up more. And Garcelle says, I think she's waiting to hear your list, your laundry list. And Denise is like, my laundry list. Okay. Denise just, I don't know. There's not, it's not awkwardness per se. It's just, I wonder what a conversation with Denise Richards is like without a camera there. Like, I don't know. I feel like always she's holding back in some sort of way. Like she seems really friendly, but I, I, do you guys see that too? Anyways, Garcelle in a talking head says, I've told Erica what Denise was thinking, why she's upset. So it's just right that I tell Denise what Erica said so that she knows. And we can just put this thing to bed finally. And Garcelle in the scene goes, so start washing those clothes, honey. Meanwhile, in another car, Dorit's like, how come I don't know about all these movies and things you're doing, Kyle? And Kyle's like, I forget to tell anybody. I really do. I bet she tells Morgan. And Drew goes, literally, I feel like an afterthought. People, Bobby, people. Well, I guess I have to put your initial on my body for you to actually care. And Kyle's like, ha. I mean, literally. A little trolley. And Dorina and talking head goes, I genuinely feel hurt by the distance between Kyle and I. This space between us, as Dave Matthews says, Kyle and I used to go away once or twice or even more every year. Now I'm not invited on any of Kyle's trips. They flash assorted photos of Dorit and Kyle while away on trips such as Hawaii in 2018, Cabo San Lucas in 2020, and Kyle in a talking head goes, the reason I haven't reached out to Dorit as much recently is because I hate her. No, she goes, because I really felt disappointed in her. We flash back to the last reunion in 2022 where Kathy is going, uh, I think that I've had so much that's hurt me. And Dorit's like, she wants you to accept a little bit of responsibility for this, Kyle. And Kyle to Dorit goes, I don't want you to interject in this right now. And Dorit goes, no problem. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Kyle continues in a talking head. In private, Dorit has been saying to me, you know, I feel so bad what you're going through with your sister. She was like really supportive and on my side. And then when we're all together, it's a different tune. That doesn't feel like a friend to me. Morgan will hate Kathy if I tell her to. No. Uh, so Dorit's like, I can't believe... Uh, no, Kyle goes, I mean, Morgan has so many on her. Like, what difference does it make in regards to tattoos? And Dorit's like, I can't believe, like, how good of friends you are. Dorit, subtly probing, but also horrified. Kyle goes, I know. People are like, I don't understand this friendship. <laughs> People, <laughs> sorry. I just like how aware Kyle is of everything. Dorit goes, well... You are kind of morphing into one another. And Kyle laughs too loud. Ha 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 She's very laughy anytime Morgan gets brought up. And there is something that you can tell that Kyle really enjoy. Like 
you know, it's like that thing like, oh yeah, you can see how much I like her. I don't know. There is, there is that giddy energy. And Dreed's like, you're morphine into her. I am Kyle Wade. I am Kyle. I am morphine into Morgan Wade. Dreed and I talking to her goes, much of who Kyle has become is a lot like who Morgan is. And they show a photo of Morgan sitting on Kyle's lap on the private jet. Dorit continues in a talking head. Where do I fit in in Kyle's life? It feels like I've been not just excluded, but maybe even replaced. Dorit in the car goes, well, anyway. More song. Take it up a notch. Everybody pulling up, pulling up shop. We so rich. We get paid. We get money. We get laid. What? I, I think that should have been like a Taco Tuesday of like, yo, it's Tuesday. You're ready for some tacos? Because we do that that way with Taco Tuesday. You want tomatoes? You want lettuce? Hot sauce? Uh, sharp cheddar cheese. Taco Tuesday has all of these. So we're at Crystal's for Taco Tuesday. And Crystal's like, honey, you want a piece of steak? And Rob's like, oh, yeah, that looks delicious, hon. It's very good. Goodbye. Crystal's friend arrives. And it's Nia. Now, Nia, I actually follow on Twitter and Instagram, and she's awesome. I didn't know she was going to be involved in this. She's really cool and really funny, um, and I like her very much. She So far, I'm trying to find, I'm uh, blanking on her. Is it Nia Ega? Uh, one sec, you guys. I'm going to find it right now for you. Nia, okay, yeah. Nia Renee Hill is her name, and she's awesome. I've been following her for a while. And really funny. And also, guess who she's married to? She's married to the insanely funny comedian Bill um, Bill Barr. Um, or is it Bill, Bill, Bill Burr? Bill, Bill. Sorry, not the... Not William Barr, the, the attorney general of... No, Bill Burr. Sorry, you guys. Tired. Bill Burr. She's married to the comedian Bill Burr, who is just a genius. And also, Bill Burr actually a really good actor. Have you seen him acting in anything? He was on this star. I think he was on the Mandalorian for an episode or two. And he was really good in that. He was actually my, one of my favorite parts of Kings, uh, King of Staten Island, the Judd Apatow film with Pete, um, Pete Davidson. He's just really good. But anyway, she's awesome. She's, she's there. Uh, and I think, Oh my God, this is, I feel so. And by the way, Nia is just already more amazing than Anna Marie. Like, can we swap them out? I feel like this is such an easy fit. And I feel like if we have such a good reaction to her, a production will hopefully be listening. And she seems like she gets it. She's another reliable narrator. I find her to be always on point in regards to her thoughts online. Um, so Crystal's showing all the meals, pork, chicken, fish, duck. Crystal in a talking head says, we always, wait, duck tacos? Oh, wow. We always have too much food left over. That is a classic Asian culture thing. If the table is empty, that means your guests go home hungry and you're a bad host. So you always want to have an abundant table full of food and lots of to-go boxes. I would be so much uh, fatter than I already am if I was over at Crystal's nonstop. Kyle and Dorit walks in and Kyle calls out, honey, I'm home. Classic. Real funny. And Dorit's like, hello. And Crystal's like, welcome. Well, hello, gorgeous. And Crystal's like, let me tell you something. I'm trying to push them down, meaning her girls, uh, I think her, her her boobs, are very ample in this low-cut dress she's wearing. And Dorit goes, no, you don't want to keep them down. No, but you want to get them even. Push this one this way. You have to push one east one way. Oh, that's good. I love Dorit doing a, a boob adjusting class. I think that is a proper use of Dorit this season. She's helping to assist Crystal. And Crystal's like, okay, is it good? Perfect. And then Nia's like, hi, I'm Nia. Nice to meet you. And Dorit and I'm talking to Nia goes, 
I'm always so surprised with how many friends Crystal has. I mean, I know it's that number minus 14, <laughs> but still. Now that's another kind of low cutting, biting comment from old Dorito here, because remember that was a thing that Lisa Rinna, I believe, tried to bring up on the show. One of those seasons is that she was reached out to saying something about Crystal's 14 friends, I think dumped her. I don't know if I'm getting the story correctly, um, but it, it was really shady. So for Dorit to bring this up is kind of like, Dorit, Dorit talks tough in scenes without the other character there when she's talking about them or in Talking Heads. So Nia is like, well, I saw you guys at her birthday party with the stripper, which I clarified was not really stripping because he took his shirt off and it was a fluff thing. It was very Magic Mike is what I said. And Kyle goes, you've seen the Magic Mike show in Las Vegas? And Nia's like, twice. My husband was performing next door. What's your husband's name? And Nia's like, Bill Burry's a comedian. And they show a picture of Bill and uh, Nia. And Dorit's like, one of the girls coming tonight had an absolute meltdown in the middle of the show. And uh, Nia's like, why? Oh, we didn't know. And Kyle's like, we still don't know. And Dorit goes, I need you to ask. I need you to ask tonight. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not going there. You need to. And Kyle's like, we would love for you to. Kyle trying to get people to do her dirty work. And Nia's like, I bet you would. And now I know Nia is a fan of Housewives. So I bet this was such a trip for her even though she's used to being around famous people, it's still got to be a trip to be in a show that you watch, you know, for a scene. So they get a drink, go outside. Garcelle and Denise arrive and Crystal introduces them to her friends already there. And they all go in the backyard and we see that it's a, uh, a brisk 55 degrees, folks. 55 degrees. They go outside and Matt, Crystal's bartender, describes the assorted cocktails. They have a coconut martini, a spicy mango with kefir lime zest on top, and a basil lemongrass. Very Taco Tuesday. And Crystal to Garcelle's like, it's cold. I'm going to make you stand outside all night. Now Erica arrives. There's dramatic music playing underneath. And Crystal greets her and Erica's like, why is this outside? I don't want to get sick. Well, we're going to come back in. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to stand outside. I got a Vegas review. And Crystal says, I have some little blankets for you. Eric and a talking head goes, why can't we eat tacos inside? I'm cold. I'm irritable. And who's there but Denise, the last person I want to see. And Dorit orders a Belvedere club soda. And he's like, certainly short glass and just Three lemons squeezed in really, really well. Coming right up. Thank you so much. What happened to the carcass out? Did we did we make fun of Dorit too much where she doesn't do the carcass out anymore? Anyways, Dorit go Denise goes, hey, that night when I got home, I had a fever of over 102. And Dorit's like, no. Woo. Yeah. And Dorit in a talking head goes, if you say so, Denise. So Denise obviously saying, hey, listen, I was sick that night. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything I did or take or anything like that. Um, so that's, that, that's good, right? That is, that's what we call progress. <laughs> so Denise, uh, lets us know she, uh, potentially had a cold or the flu. Uh, we cut to that evening again after Kyle told Dorit that she thought Denise's coat was on wrong and Dorit's like, is this on backwards? No. Are you sure? Where's the tag Denise upside down? No, I think it's upside down. Is yours upside down? Mine? Don't do this. Don't do this. I know what you're doing, Denise says, and Dorit continues in a talking head. Fever? <laughs> Nothing else. Yep. I'm buying it. Yep. I got to tell you, man, Dorit is really a sourpuss. I think this Kyle thing is truly getting to her. Now, Sutton 
wearing a beautiful sundress with thin straps, bare shoulders, and covered in relief. 3D butterflies finally arrives and lets herself in. And so it's like, hello, Crystal? And Crystal's like, hi. And Sutton hands her a wrapped gift. And she's like, oh, this is so cute. Outside in the backyard, Dorit sees Sutton and goes, oh my God, what is she wearing? <laughs> it is not summer. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Oh my God, Dorit, calm down. Dorit in the talking head goes, as far as the fashion goes, I don't know what you're going for and what memo you got. It's Taco Tuesday. Dorit's wearing a miniskirt, by the way. Uh, Kyle in a talking head goes, I mean, Sutton coming in like little Bo Peep. That woman loves a sundress. Also, I mean, Crystal is wearing a midriff exposed dress, Kyle. Did you say anything about that? Garcelle in a talking head laughing goes, I, I don't know where Sutton was going. It's freezing outside. Maybe she just met up with, uh, maybe she met up with Sal and Sal's body heat from all the sweat. She had to like, I don't know, just wear something, you know, wear, wear something short and dainty. Erica huddling on a sofa, sofa under a blanket, shivering, going, you're not cold. And Sutton smiling, going, why the hell are we outside? And Crystal goes, should we eat? Are you guys hungry? We can eat inside because it's so cold. Oh, what a great idea. And Crystal's like, okay, everybody get your drink. And Dreet sarcastically goes, I mean, I was totally fine being outside, but these girls were having a fit. Erica to Crystal goes, I love you so much. Thank you. That just made my life. The doorbell rings and Erica answers the door to Kim Richards. Three episodes in a row, she brought her coloring crowns to color on the walls. And Erica's like, there she is. And Kim's like, hello, how are you? Nice to see you. Like Kim always seems super psyched to be out of the house. Erica's like, everybody's right in there. And Kim's like, who's everybody? I saw lots of cars out there. Well, the hostess, your sister. And Erica goes, Miss Kim's here, Crystal. Kim comes in and hugs and greets everyone. And Kyle's like, why are we all in black and white? And Crystal goes, you guys want to come eat? Come. All right. Okay. Go ahead. Don't be shy. And Denise is like, this is quite the spread. Just like, De- just like Denise's OnlyFans. Kyle goes, looks amazing. And she places three tortilla chips, a teaspoon of salsa, and one small piece of beef on her plate. Pig. Dre goes, I really, really could have done without that shawarma pit that I had three hours ago. And Sutton goes, Avi, who, who are you not hiring? Oh, my goodness. And Dreet goes, no, I didn't try to poach him. I swear. We get a flashback to a one week earlier at Sutton's anniversary party. <laughs> and Dorit is like, Avi, can I not steal you from Sutton? Come on, it'll be a whole story. Yes, yes. Avi looks directly at the cameras and coyly smiles. Also, I mean, I don't, I think Sutton could probably make those checks clear a little faster than Dorit potentially on certain months. Sutton's like, well, you did too. You most certainly did, Dorit. And Dorit's like, are you going to stop accusing me of doing things that I'm not doing? Sutton's like, well, are you going to stop accusing me of putting vodka in my coffee? Like, I've heard of whiskey and coffee, but vodka and coffee, is that a thing? You guys are probably going to be like, oh, it's totally a thing. But uh, that seems like gross. <laughs> that seems like gross. I mean, whiskey and coffee, much cooler. We get a flashback to a lunch one week earlier where Crystal goes, she said, Sutton, that you're kind of a person that puts vodka in coffee and Sutton shocks. She's like, who does that? Uh, and Dorit in this scene goes, well, Sutton, I don't know if you put vodka in your coffee. I don't know if you do. Sutton's like, well, I don't drink coffee. So there, there it is right there. That's why. And Dorit's like, okay, well, there you go. Well, yeah, case closed. 
that was an easy one. And son's like, oh, yeah, that was an easy one. It wasn't an accusation, Sutton. And son's like, okay, good. Like, kind of like that. Yeah, it better, it better not be, I say, I say. And Eric is like, you know, we had a night the other night with Garcelle. Yeah, we had it, the three of us. It was fucking funny. We laughed a lot. Yeah, we did laugh a lot, I say, I say. We get a flashback to that evening at the Cat Club two days earlier when Sutton's like, my hands are itchy. And Garcelle goes, if it's your left hand, it means a man's coming into your life. And Erica's like, my hands on fire. And they all laugh. Three calls to Garcelle on this scene. I'm hearing about this fabulous night you guys had that I wasn't invited. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. We had a nice night. Garcelle told Al Sutton made out with the driver. Garcelle coyly smiles. Sutton once again looks horrified and is perplexed. And Garcelle goes, oh my God. And Erica said, I said that really loud in front of everybody. <laughs> what? Yeah, you did. Yes, you did. Look, kudos to you. Kudos to you. Well, yeah, he's one of my drivers. And you made out with one of your drivers? Well, accidentally. I mean, maybe I did. I mean, talk about five-star service. Yeah, that's like uh, like Uber five-star right there. Um, Sudden the talking head goes, well, sometimes you might find someone that's handsome and charming. And he says, sit in the front seat. And then he, you know, he might accidentally lean in and you might lean in at the same time. So then you accidentally kiss, I say, I say. Um, that, I mean, guys, this is this is wild. This is wild. One of Sutton's drivers told her, to guys, Sutton is the gift that keeps on giving. Everybody's like, why do you like Sutton? Are you kidding me? She made out with one of her drivers and admitted it on national cable television? Like, that is so... Guys, does that happen a lot? Do you guys make out with, like, your drivers and stuff? That just does not compute for me. I, I'm I'm honestly shocked. I mean, and then it really goes once again to that, like, you know, freaked out by Magic Mike. She's making out with the employees. Like, is that legal? Is this guy like a 1099? Is he a full, like, I mean, what? Sutton is explaining going, well, it was just a makeout session like they would do in happy days. <laughs> Did Sutton dropped a happy days reference? Dorit acts confused. What? Dorit obviously not seeing happy days. And Erica goes, no, she had an over mouth kissing session. Honestly, happy days? Well, and Sutton's like, well, I don't know. And Dorit goes, you're taking something that's supposed to be sexy and make it as unsexy as you can possibly make it. I mean, happy days is very sexy. The Fonz is very, very attractive. Kyle over on the sofa is poking at her sister's Kim's scarf around her neck. What do you have in there? And Kim's like, where? What is it? What, what, what? And Kyle's still poking. I can't read. Kim, what do you have in there? I don't know. Kim, Kleenex. Suddenly, Kyle pulls out a mashed up Kleenex from the material around Kim's neck and cracks up. Yeah, I mean, that's funny. But if you need a Kleenex, I mean, it's great that she has them on her. And Kim's like, what? Sometimes if there's a problem, I just like to do this. And she places the Kleenex on her nose and tucks it into her neckline. Oh my God. There is so much behavior happening between this and Sutton making out. I mean, I feel like I'm stroking out right now. Like, wait, what? she places the Kleenex on her nose and then tucks it in her neckline. I mean, I'd love to see her with a lobster bib on. Uh, Kim goes, uh, well, would you like a little dab? Do you need a little dab? And Erica's observing this transaction between the sisters, just fully mesmerized. Like, what the fuck is going on here? That's crazy. And Kyle and the talking to goes, I don't know what the hell Kim has stored in that scarf of hers. Snacks? A phone charger? A small kitten? Morgan Wade? <laughs> I mean, I have no idea what the hell we would find in my sister's scarf. 
And Kyle goes, uh, in this scene goes, want to get some more tea with me, Erica? <laughs> great, great scene change. Erica's like, okay. And Kyle's like, I need to go get some more tea. Over on the sofa, Dorit quietly says to Garcelle, I'm so annoyed. Crystal is like drumming up shit to get Sutton and I at each other. And Garcelle goes, I'm surprised she's actually talking about something. Dorit in a talking head says, Crystal doesn't say much, but when she does say something, it's either talking behind someone's back or she's looking to stir the pot. Dorit, do you not realize that is exactly what you do in this season of Beverly Hills? We get a flashback to 2021 at Kyle's in Palm Desert where Crystal goes, well, there was a lot more said prior to that that was very dark. And then at the season's reunion where Kyle goes, you said Sutton said something very dark. I can't even say it. It's so bad. And Crystal goes, well, you just assumed it's a story. What if it's actually my truth? I mean, we still don't fully know what that actually meant, right? And then we have a flashback of one week earlier at Sutton's anniversary where Dorit says, I need to get this right. Crystal is saying that I'm telling everyone in the group that you have a drinking problem. And Sutton's like, well, that you've been talking about. Dorit in a talking head says, at least if you're going to stir the pot, balance it with something else. Garcelle to Dorit in this scene goes, well, we should sit down and air out all of our grievances. And Dorit's like, yes. Well, like all at once. Like, I'm really like ripped about it. It's finding a moment. It doesn't feel like it's out of left field. And Dorit suddenly changes her tune when Crystal's house manager, Lucy, love Lucy, walks up and uh, Dorit goes, it was really delicious. Taco Tuesday. Mm." Lucy goes, well, I'm happy you like it. I want the plates. And Garcelle goes, I loved everything, Lucy. You want the plates? And Lucy just stares at her. (laughs) On another sofa, Sutton is there with Nia and Sutton's like, well, I'll tell you this, Nia. I I want to go see my horse who got his new final apartment, I'll say, I'll say. And Nia, like all of us, would be like, a barn or a stable? A stable? A stall? And says like, well, you may call it that. I call it an apartment. His name is Santos, and he's very beautiful. I mean, (laughs) I call it a apartment. (laughs) I bet you, when I first moved to LA, I bet you... Santos's apartment is way better than my first apartment in Los Angeles. I love also just being so like, he is beautiful, Nia. I mean, with his big horsey eyes. And sometimes I'll just look into his eyes and I'll just get swept away. You ever been swept away by good old horse eyes? Oh, you got to meet Santos. You would love Santos, Nia. And then Sutton continues. She's like, I have a language with him. And Kim's like, see, I talk to animals too. Thank you, Kim. And Sutton's like, well, I talk to mine all the time. And then Kim goes, I do too. And I understand them. <laughs> and she giggles strangely. And Nia took the, Nia goes, so, uh, hey, what happened in Vegas? Whoa. Sutton stares at her. And Nia goes, well, in particular, the Magic Mike show. And Sutton's like, well, you know what? I didn't like the legs spread with that man's head. And she demonstrates the legs with her arm out and then the head pointing to her V area, the private area, the privates. And then they flash back, of course, to Erica's famous position on the stage. I mean, this was Eric. I still have said this every episode that Erica flashback that they keep showing is really dirty. Like she's really getting, you know, things happening to her private parts. And son's like, well, I didn't enjoy that. And then Denise pipes in and goes, whose legs spread? And son's like, Erica's and Crystal's. And he was like, Dorit, we're getting the story now. And Dorit looks busted and goes, oh, because, you know, Dorit told Nia and sons of, well, I don't know why I have to explain myself. Some people don't like mustard. And I don't ask you 80 times a day why you don't like mustard. I mean, that's such a great example. 
<laughs> Such a great example. Magic Mike Mustard. I totally get that comparison. Garcelle goes, does Denise not like mustard? And sounds like, well, a lot of people don't like mustard. I was not in a good headspace. And so as I say, I say, I say, basically I ruined the whole night. So thank you for asking. I appreciate that. And Garcelle looks at Nia and goes, how did you know about it? They flash back to one hour earlier and Dorit goes, one of the girls coming tonight had an absolute meltdown in the middle of the show. And he's like, why? It's the happiest place on earth. And Kyle's like, we don't know. We still don't know. And Dorit's like, I would love for you to ask tonight. Nia goes, the girls were talking about how they loved Magic Mike and they mentioned that there was someone who did not have as much fun. And I playfully said, how could you have a meltdown at Magic Mike? It's the happiest place on earth. And Sutton goes, well, it's not Disneyland. <laughs> There's not a fast pass. I can't get a giant corn dog at Magic Mike's big old turkey leg and walk around and see all the rides and then potentially go to California Adventure. Sutton and talking there goes, well, Nia, who are you? <laughs> and why is this story relevant to our Mexican fiesta? Sutton further explaining in this scene goes, well, I just want, I, I was, I was uncomfortable and I didn't want to be there. And Drew goes, honey, you had $51 bills that you were flashing around. And flashback to that evening in Vegas one month earlier. And Sutton's like, I got a lot of ones. Y'all remember these? These are dollar bills. We're going to stuff them in their dong area. And Sutton goes, well, it's a it's a funny goofball thing, the ones. And Drew goes, I can see you tucking a few bucks and going, I want a lap dance. And everyone laughs. And Sutton's like, y'all laughing because y'all know that is the last thing that will ever happen. And Drew goes, you made out with your driver. And Sutton glares at Dorit. And Garcelle's like, oh, my God. And Dorit goes, okay, I'm heed. And Garcelle goes, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold it. Hey, that was between me, Erica, and Sutton. And now I feel like you're saying it to Sutton to embarrass her, and that's not okay. So Garcelle immediately calling out Dorit. I will remind everybody involved that is actually what the show is about, calling people out. So Dorit is just trying to, like, hop on something, you know, to have a moment. So Dorit goes, Garcelle. You remember 20 minutes ago when Erica was saying it over here and you guys were laughing over it? And Sutton's like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hey, uh, mustard. No, <laughs> she goes, to equate those two is very unfair. My driver has become my friend. <laughs> she found a way to make it weirder. <laughs> it's driving Miss Strack. Oh, <laughs> it's- I've struck up quite a friendship with you. Will you take me to Tajay in this big old Bentley, please, Roger? Um, and goes, I don't judge you for it. And Sutton's like, and just because I was attracted to him and we were having a conversation, and yet, do we have a little makeout session? I'll say, I say, it was sweet and I enjoyed it. And the camera keeps panning to the women who are Crystal's friends who are all smiling and looking at each other while observing these conversations. And goes, I did not say it judgmentally. And Sutton's like, well, I have not done it since. We have not. Then why'd you bring it up? Oh my God, who drove Sutton to this party? Like, is the driver out? Let's get the driver on camera. And I like that every time Sutton potentially goes in the car, she's like, well, it's tonight. Are we going to have lucky number two makeout session? Like, I wonder if it's, there's like a, t- a sexual tension happening in the car at all times now. <laughs> what? I mean, this is, guys, is this, am I, this is crazy. Uh, Dorit goes, first of all, are you getting heated because? And so it's like, well, why did you bring it up, Dorit? Garcelle thinks that did. And so it's like, well, why did you bring it up, Dorit? And Dorit deflecting, I told you, why did you bring it up, Dorit? And Dorit continues to deflect, we were going back and forth and you were like, and suddenly even louder going, why did you bring it up? Answer my question. 
And Reed goes, stop asking the same question and not waiting for an answer. And so it's like, answer. So this is very reminiscent of the name of Name them. So Sutton is really feeling herself this season in terms of how bombastic she is in scenes. But I will say I prefer the name them scene to why did you bring it up? Because at this, the name them, it started gently. It was like, name them. And it slowly built. This already was out of 10 of why'd you bring it up, Dorit? You know, there was like, it just built more with the name them. So Erica's in the kitchen, puts her hands up and goes, I hear voices, which, you know, I hear them in my head all day long. Erica, Crystal, and Kyle go silent to listen, and they hear Sutton going, why'd you bring it up, Dorit? Why'd you bring it up? And Kyle on a talking head goes, this is getting a little deja vu, and we have the whole name them. I mean, they're going to flash back that all season long. Now, back in Crystal's room, Sutton's like, why'd you bring it up? And Dorit's like, we're going back and forth. Why'd you bring it up? And you were like, why'd you bring it up? Do you understand? I'm trying to answer it. Answer. And Dorit's like, and you keep saying the same question. Answer it, Dorit. <laughs> Sutton is just pushing this season. Dorit in a talking head goes, you're talking about your prudish behavior whilst I just found out five minutes ago that you made out with some random driver. Dorit deflecting with another question goes, why do you think I mentioned it? And Dorit continues in a talking head, like, duh. And Dorit goes, I just said we were going back and forth. Crystal, Kyle, and Erica all come back into the living room, and Dorit goes, It was in jest. It was playful. It was joking. We were all laughing at the situation, like in happy days. And Garcelle goes, It just felt like you were saying it to embarrass her in front of these women. Now, all five women sit quietly, all knowing that that is the name of the game. And Sutton's like, She was. And Dorit goes, Also, just give people the benefit of the doubt. And Garcelle goes, Who's the people? Me. Okay. Me. In this instance. Okay. Okay. Dorit, in a talking head, goes, why is it okay for Erica to scream it across the room and Garcelle not to say a word to her? It just feels like another reason for Garcelle to take issue with me. If you don't like me, Garcelle, stop pretending that you do. And Garcelle in the scene goes, when I said it to Erica, we were all having a good time. We were. And now Garcelle looking at Sutton goes, and I apologize because I didn't know that was going to bring out this. And Drew goes, but we are having a good time, you guys. And Garcelle says, if you have to say it like that, we're not having a good time. So Dorit in this scene woke up on the wrong side of the bed, chose violence, uh, not backing down. Garcelle standing up for her friend Sutton. Um, and Dorit goes, uh, <laughs> I'm saying that because you just attacked me. She didn't attack her. Like I felt, I feel so bad for Dorit because it was just like little mistake after little mistake. And Garcelle goes, I did not attack you. Calm down. Calm down, calm down. I did not attack you. I feel like I was attacked. And Garcelle shakes her head and goes, this girl. In a talking head, Garcelle goes, Dorit lives in a bit of a bubble. Just triggers me. We live in a world now where we're aware. We're woke, whatever you want to say. And I feel like she's not in that world. Obviously making reference to you don't tell a black woman like that you just attacked me, you know, like that is, that is a thing in this world. And we kind of all know that. I mean, you do have to respect certain societal rules in the year of 2023. And Garcelle goes, just for the record, I didn't attack you. We were having a conversation. Okay. But it felt like you were, um, suggesting that I was deliberately trying to hurt her and embarrass her. And Garcelle goes, yes, I wasn't suggesting. I wasn't suggesting. I actually said it. Exactly. But that's not an attack, but it feels 
but that's not an attack. Garcelle, okay, I don't mean attack. What's a good word for it? And Garcelle goes, I don't know what a good word is, but I feel like for you and your privilege, I can't. Oh, shit, you guys. Oh, my God. My butt puckered up. That is wild. Oh, shit. We just threw the word privilege at Dorit. The room is dead silent. Crystal makes a zoik's face and Kim blows out a big breath. <sighs> Kim just wanting to color the walls, you know? And Dorit looks at Garcelle. Garcelle raises her eyebrow at Dorit. And Dorit goes, what does that mean? It means you're white. And the words are different. They have a different connotation. They have different meanings. And Dorit blinks hard. Okay. Eric in a talking head goes, the word of attack has a different meaning when it comes from a white woman to a black woman. It just does. I don't think it was meant to hurt Garcelle, but it does hurt Garcelle. I'm Erica Jane. Once again, who the fuck took over Erica Jane's body? Like Erica Jane schooling on pro. I mean, this, this I'm blown away. Three goes, Garcelle, I'm very, very sorry that I've triggered a nerve and I've offended you or upset you or any of it. And I would love to have a conversation with you about it. And Garcelle shakes her head and goes, I'm good. I'm good. No, Garcelle, honey. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not here to educate you. I'm not. And Dorit pauses. Well, I think you have. <laughs> you just have. And Garcelle goes, that's on you. Okay. Dorit in the talking head goes, I have no idea where this is coming from. She should know that all she needs to say is Dorit. You know what? That word really triggers me. I would immediately understand. I would apologize and definitely not use that word again in the future. Now, Kim breaks the total silence. She goes, slut pig. No, she goes, the bulgogi was great. That's the fire meat. <laughs> Kim is awesome. And she winces. Ugh. And Crystal goes, someone wants a download? And Denise to Dorit goes, well, apparently you were told that she made out with her driver and sounds like Dorit announced it to these people. And, you know, and Erica's like, ah, Dorit goes, in jest, it was a joke. I love this. Dorit's like, for the love of God, Dorit doing her best Joe Rogan. And Denise's like, well, apparently it didn't land well. And Dorit goes, no, I can tell. I can tell that. Trust me, loud and clear. Now, Juliana wrote in the notes that Dorit should have apologized right then and there. Um, to Sutton for this being a non-joke to begin with. But like I said, Dorit woke up on the wrong side of the bed. There is going to be no apologies from Dorit tonight. And a real one, at least. And Sutton's like, where where have you all been? And Eric's like, conspiring in the kitchen. And Sutton's like, well, please tell me that's not true. Dorit to Crystal now goes, well, I'm glad you actually joined the conversation because separately, Sutton said to me once again that she heard you saying that I said that Sutton puts vodka in her coffee. Flashback to three, were, three weeks earlier in Kyle's kitchen. And Dorit's like, Son's a drinker. She, somebody, she's somebody that I would not be surprised if she pours a little vodka in her coffee in the morning. And and this scene, Crystal goes, well, I'm happy to talk about this. I love how Crystal's like, always like calm. of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said, you know, like she kind of, I mean, I don't want to get it wrong. And Dorit's like, well, it seems like you did already. She didn't get it wrong at all. And Son's like, well, I'm going to nip this in the bud before I make out with my driver again. You all can talk about me behind my back all you want. I know my life. I know what I have accomplished. I have a pet horse named Santos that has an apartment. I know what I'm going to accomplish. And I know what you can't do in order to accomplish what I have accomplished and what I am going to accomplish. I say, I say, so continue your little chatter while I walk off. And y'all way back there. That's what's going to happen because I am moving forward at a very rapid speed. That's what's happening. That almost felt like 
that felt like a that felt like a speech that felt like a like a gladiator speech of like what I'm going to accomplish like four score and 17 years ago I know what you can do in order to accomplish what I have accomplished and what I am going to accomplish continue your little chatter while I walk off like it sounds very big it's really Sutton is just taking risks this season. Kyle sitting next to Sutton is making sarcastic faces to Dorit. I love Dorit always gets in the shit, but Kyle's always there doing something that is facially uh, pushing buttons, but nobody really calls her out or sees it. Kyle talking, Kyle in a talking head mocking Sutton going, if I had a drinking problem, I'd not be able to say accomplished this many times. Look at that. Oh gosh. Dorit goes, I apologize. And Sutton's like, well, that's your apology. Yes, I apologize. Okay, I guess. And Denise is like, well, I think it came off like judgmental. And Dreet goes, did you clear up the thing with Erica? Because the other night I know it was you were having, you know, your issue with Erica the other night. Didn't really get resolved. I love that it's like a hot potato game now. Hot potato, hot potato. Who's got the hot potato? Denise goes, I don't know which thing. And Erica quietly goes, no, we haven't. Oh, you have not? Hoo-hoo. Erica sarcastically repeating to repeating Dorit. No, no, we haven't. Pot stirrer. And Dorit shakes her head. And Erica in a talking head goes, Dorit, how dare you give me the fucking hot potato? Come on. You know I don't want to fight with Denise, but okay. And Dorit goes, Denise, do you have anything to say? And Denise goes, do you, Dorit? I didn't have the issue. And Denise is like, what is going on? Jesus, come on. And Dorit intensely stares at Denise. And Denise calmly goes, mind taking it down a notch? And Garcelle's like, ho, 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 ho. And Denise is like, sorry, bring it down a notch. That's not cool. Almost like a Countess Luann of like, come on, don't be all uncool. And Dorit goes, I'm going to go see my husband who I've not seen in a week. And Erica's like, you're leaving. Before you go, give me a hug. Once again, who the fuck is this Erica Jane? Give me a hug before you leave. I love Dorit just like bounces. Dorit had too much and she's like, I'm done for the night and I'm gonna go fuck PK. No, that was my Erica. Dorit goes, I'm gonna go fuck PK. Dorit walks out the door and goes, I'm so glad to go home. Now back in the scene, Denise goes, Dorit didn't say goodbye to me. And Erica's like, go catch her. And Denise laughs. And then Denise goes, um... Well, I'm sure she's not sad she didn't. No, I I wanted to have this conversation. And Erica's like, I do not want to have this conversation with you. And Denise is like, why? Well, I think you had your chance at her dinner party. You came in. You had an agenda. You called me a bitch. And I apologize to you sincerely. We get a flashback to that evening two weeks earlier where Erica says, if I've done something to you years ago, I apologize. And Denise is like, years ago? Well, it was years ago. It was a a couple. It was like three years ago. And Kyle's like, it was three years ago. And Erica's like, Denise, I apologize to you, you know? And Denise's like, thank you. You're welcome. Bizarre. And Erica goes, and you called me. What was it? A fucking bot monster? One week earlier, flashback, Kyle's like, she was calling you a dumb bot fuck. And Erica's like, a dumb bot fuck? And Kyle's like, I don't know what that means. And Erica's like, what does that even mean? And Kyle's like, I I don't know. I we need a shirt that says dumb bot fuck. Dumb bot fuck. That's really that's a very uh, Den- Denise Richards finally has a catchphrase. Dumb bot fuck. That's great. 
Uh, so Denise in the scene goes, what? I never said that. And Kyle's like, well, at the bar, flashback to at the bar that night at Kyle's house. And Denise is like, well, I just want her to recognize she's a fucking dick cunt asshole. And Garcelle's like, okay, okay, okay. Kyle and I talking head goes, I don't know how I got that confused with bot cunt. I actually never heard that. So it's kind of making sense. Maybe that's not what was said. Oopsie. Kyle now takes credit for the dumb bot fuck. So we now have to give that to Kyle, but fucking dick cunt asshole will not look half as good on a shirt as uh dumb butt fuck. Anyways, uh, creativity is amazing. So Kyle's like, anyway, you guys, that's a little piece of the story. And Erica's like, well, here's what I'm saying. It's fine. I don't care. And Erica goes, no, Denise goes, I love how you want to do this on your terms. And Erica's like, actually, it's your terms because you're the one that came in and wanted to do this. So what are you upset about? And Denise goes, well, first of all, to insinuate that my daughter, who's 14 years old, would have had a threesome, Erica, I think it goes beyond beyond inappropriate. You're, you're, you're shaking your head right now. And Erica's like, yeah, I'm shaking my head because that's not what it was about. Children these days, if they have a phone, they have access to everything. Of course they know about sex. And Denise goes, this was about my kids, though. Okay, well. And here we go. Here we go, folks. Buckle in. Your oldest daughter's on OnlyFans. She doesn't know. And Denise goes, that is a fucking low blow to bring up my daughter's OnlyFans. Uh, but I mean, also probably shout out to Erica because it probably got her daughter a lot of OnlyFans subscriptions last night. So Erica goes, you came in slurring and articulate, could not string two words together and wanted to call me a bitch. And you want me to sit here and pretend like it didn't happen? And Denise is like, oh, wow. And Erica's like, what do you think? I'm not going to go to OnlyFans? You think I'm not going to go as fucking low as I can? Have you met me? No. All right. So here we are. So Erica, and I will say without Rena jumping in, this not like fully palatable, but it's, it's interesting, you know, cause Rena would have been like, Rrr. Denise goes, you are a mean woman because you asked for it. No, I did not. Well, then you shouldn't have come up into our house acting like a fucking bitch. And then we wouldn't be here. Denise goes, you shouldn't have acted like a fucking bitch. That's what I'm telling you. Denise doesn't know the right things to say sometimes. And then Erica's like, what, four years ago when nobody remembers? And Denise goes, you're really, you are fucking mean. And Erica's like, I think it's great. I just want to know who's more profitable, you or Sammy? To be continued. O-M-G, my guys. Wow. That was a killer last line to go out on. Who's more profitable, you or your daughter? And it does beg the question, uh, who is more profitable? What do we think? Are we going to get into statistics next episode? Because it's going to pick right back up from this scene. So yeah, Erica cleared Denise. But like I said, that wouldn't be a challenge with any anybody could have cleared Denise. Kim Richards could have cleared Denise, you know? But Erica had a good episode. Erica did have a good episode. So congrats to all. And remember, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills off next week, but it's going to be back the next week. So we will pick up and resume then. Thank you once again to Juliana Carroza for these beautiful notes. Thank you to you guys for listening or watching or however you're consuming this. And uh, I will be doing the Salt Lake City recap. It'll probably be sometime over the weekend. So get ready for that. And also a reminder, they're not having a new Salt Lake City episode next week. So we're good. And uh, listen, if I don't talk to you before Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. 
Uh, happy holidays. I really do hope you are with family and friends and able to do something nice and amazing. You made it to Friday, but also you made it to Christmas, the holidays. It is here. And uh, I hope, and I'll talk to you many times before, but we're nearing the end of the new year. So I hope everything is going swimmingly and we will talk to you very, very soon. Bye guys. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Batches.